Hey, this is Alex with Bass and Brews. If you haven't heard about Anchor by Spotify, it's the easiest way to make a podcast with everything you need all in one place. Let me explain. Anchor has the tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. When hosting on Anchor, you can distribute your podcast on listening platforms like Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and more. It's everything you need to make a podcast all in one place. And best of all, Anchor is totally free. Download the Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. So easy, Paul can do it. Welcome to the Bass and Brews podcast, your weekly distraction from other high-quality podcasts. And now, your host, Alex from Swamp Rat Fishing, and the co-hostess with the mostest, the Jabberhammer, Paul Roberts. Paul, you, I, I feel like you were so good at hitting that cue, like right away. And now I don't know whether it's the gout or whether it's your disgusting goat beard, but, uh, you've gotten worse every week. Oh, God. Alex, you, you, know what? You, you know what? I can't hear it. I hope it's coming across, but you can go, you can go jump off a short bridge and drown in two foot of water. <laughs> What's up, everybody? Welcome to Bass and Brews. Oh, that one got me. <laughs> we've got Alex Rudd on, um, and we've got, uh, you know, just to go along with what I've been pushing out on social media, we've got a spicy, spicy uh, topic tonight. But before we get the to hate that, mail, the hate mail will ensue after this one. Oh, yeah. yeah. Oh, no. Listen, I'm oh. used to it. Tell them to afford it my way. I'm used yeah. to it. <laughs> I, I, I've got it. Listen, if... When we're done with this, if people have really strong feelings about what's going to get said tonight, definitely DM me. Um, if you think we're idiots, definitely DM. Email us at bassandbrews at gmail.com. I'll do a whole video where I read them out, uh, and Paul will be in a tutu the whole time. Uh, I love hate mail. I think it's like the best thing ever. Total side note, I did get a hate DM on TikTok earlier this week, and it said, hey, if you are a really good podcast, why do you keep putting up videos to make people watch your stuff? And I went, hey, bud, I think that's kind of how it works. Did you ask Joe Rogan the same question, $500 million from Spotify later? <laughs> Hold on, I, I didn't even get to that. I was like, hey, man, that's kind of how it works. Like, I'm promoting the show and kind of, you know, side content to that. And he goes, well, do you think Joe Rogan does the same thing? Yes. And I sent him links to, like, YouTube and all this. And he goes, that's just somebody who films them. That's not actually him. And I was like, all right, boss, obviously you have no idea what you're talking about. So, So this guy thought that there was just some random person in the JRE studio filming on their phone, uh, the interviews. No, no, that's Jamie. Like, yeah. hey, Jamie, look this up. Probably the most famous Jamie of all time. Right. <laughs> Putting all that on the end. Like, okay, listen, listen. Joe Rogan has surpassed the point of doing anything for himself. Oh, yeah. Like, other than sitting down and doing the podcast, he's got, he's got kiss your ass money. And so, oh, yeah. like, he, he just, like, he hires somebody to do that for him. Like, you know, I'm still in the position where I do everything myself. I am far from being able to hire somebody to do all my crap for me. Joe Rogan, on the other hand, goes, hey, Jamie, hire us the best videographer and editor in the world and have him do all of our stuff and put it on the Internet for us. And he just doesn't even think about it unless he like 
post a picture of Marshall on his Instagram and then that's him, you know, because like you can definitely tell it's Joe Rogan posting that. Listen, hey, I heard I that to... Joe Rogan's at Alex... the point where Steven Spielberg is now doing the shorts for him. So that's uh, he's I mean, at that I mean, level of money. I would not hey, be surprised. Alex for that guy in your DMs. I have something for you. Oh my god, this is gonna be all show. Well, the end of that, hey. the end of that is just juicy. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, that's a that that's a wetting. Hey, I'll tell you what, another one. If y'all hadn't listened to Jordan Harbinger show, that's a really, really, really good podcast, too. That shit's pretty I, badass. Y'all need to check I'm, him out. I, I like his a little bit better than Rogan. I don't listen to Rogan. Matter of fact, Jordan Harbinger's the only damn podcast I listen to that ain't fishing. Uh, and I just kind of got into it. I've never listened to Joe Rogan, but I don't like him as much as I like him. <laughs> I, I have. I have. I listened to him, had Wim Hoff on and some other people like that. But yeah. I'm gonna tell you what. Maybe this is a new segment, but uh, on the show. But uh, I've been listening to. Uh, I like true crime podcasts, just like every other basic lady out there. Um, and <laughs> I found one that's fishing related. It's called the Caviar. Oh no, the Paddlefish Caviar Heist. And it's about this. Yeah, so it's about this. Uh, U.S. Fish and Wildlife bust called Operation Roadhouse, where they busted the Russian mafia oh, in a no. paddlefish caviar scam in Warsaw, Missouri, on the Lake of the Ozarks. It's like, I, oh my gosh, there it is! I am yes. literally, I'm following it right Yo, now, dude. It is, <laughs> it, it's well done, but it's got you know all like the murder mystery stuff, but then they explain like caviar in detail. It is awesome, but some of the descriptions from the locals, like. You know, the 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 uh the hosts go to Warsaw and the first hotel they go to, there's a big sign and it says, uh, you are not to clean fish or bring fish into hotel room. They must be checked in with the front desk. Hmm. And they ask, Well, why is that there? And they're like, Well, during snagging season, uh, multiple times they've had people come in and like process paddlefish in the bathtub of the room or in the bed. And it'll stay like that for like seven days. And it got so bad that there was like four rooms that had to be gutted all the way down to the sheetrock being replaced to get the fish wow. out of the room. Hey, y'all want to know what the best caviar out there is? Yes. Those seven yeah. to those seven to nine pound female bass, largemouth bass. <laughs> those have the best caviar you've uh, ever uh, eaten in your entire life. Oh gosh. I, I can vouch for that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh man that is right. kicking kicking puppies is also really great and so is infanticide and uh the nazis might or might not have had it right you know i mean like literally in the world of in the world of bass fishing literally that is what you just said like that's what you just said like like that's what is so funny about that statement is like there are people that be like that's on the level of nazism it's like no it's <laughs> It's still a fish. Hey, it's not Nazi. If we're, we're going to drum up some damn hate mail, we might as well get an eaten world, you know, eaten trophy bass out of the lake first. I, I want to make sure that the historian marks us down. Rudd has been on the show twice, twice now in less than a month and has talked about Nazis twice already. Yes. Every yes. Time. Listen, I'm entering that point in my life where I either get really deep into smoking meat or really deep into World War II, <laughs> and I'm kind of on the verge of picking which one that is. Okay, so just let hey, me be. You ever want to talk about smoking? Hey, if you ever want to talk about smoking some damn meat, now I'm always down to talk about smoking meat. I, dude, Cook I am, hell out some barbecue. I love I love my smoker, but I also love World War II, so I'm very torn. I'm very torn. You know yeah. what I mean? 
All right. Well, before we get too much farther, I want to give a shout out real quick to Sean the Fisherman from Jigs and Bigs. That man devoted way too much of his time uh, on helping me work on a resume because I've got to get a fucking job now. And uh, so props to you, Sean. Um, Thank you so much. As somebody who's never done a fucking resume because I joined the military at 18, uh, he literally multiple hours spent crafting it so I can become a civilian in the workforce. So, Sean, thank you so much for that, man. And Paul, this this make, is going to be make this announcement. Most, this is going to be Sean's most greatest achievement in his entire life if he gets you, helps you get a job. What is that supposed to mean, Paul? I thought we were supposed to be nicer to you. Listen, have you not listened to the fans? They're tired of your uncalled for hatred towards me and of all the troops in America. God, he's just trying to find an excuse to use that fucking soundboard. <laughs> hey, hey, hey. Yeah, yeah, it's going to be good. Oh, hold on. Oh. All right. Yeah, he's got a little. He's got dad duty. He's a podcaster. Right. I literally, he's a I'll crusher. I'll tell you what I'm doing right now. This is no joke. I'm on the Missouri Department of Natural Resources website trying to find our contact information. So I can, I just want to email them and be like, hi, I have a podcast. And I want to have somebody on to come on and talk about the the caviar from the dude. If, if the the names are in there, like there's the local fish and wildlife guy, he retired, but mm-hmm. she literally talks about how she sent him an email, and he was like, "Yeah, come on over. I'll cook steaks. We'll drink beer, and I'll tell you all about it." I'm and he did it for all. like thirty years, and then she was like, "Well, he wasn't quite involved because he got pushed to the U.S. level." So I sent an email. Within an hour, the federal agent in charge of the operation was like, "Yeah, not a problem. Let's let's sit down and talk about it. You can make this happen, Rudd." Oh, dude, I'm doing it. Like I'm yeah. one thousand. This will be the greatest podcast <laughs> series of all time. It's like the the caviar spoonbill heist. All right, I'm sorry. I keep interrupting. Well, what happens yeah. if you? Um, so another show, basically, for Alex Rudd fishing, right? Mm-hmm. You've got to drum up like the craziest. Or uh, oh shit, do I want to put this idea out there? Actually. So you put up like the craziest like fish and game stories out there and you do it like bi-monthly where you talk to them, you as an angler, talk to these guys and like, because these guys got to have stories of crazy shit going on. Well, I mean, it's like that dude that was on Rogan that found all those Mexican drug cartel guys growing marijuana in the mountains of Colorado and they like had to go up there with machine guns and cut them down. Like, Dude, I'm telling you, just that's... You know, I, we don't ever edit the show. I might edit that out because I feel like uh, either you do it or we do it on Bass and Brews. Uh, I'm sending it. I'm sending it. Yeah. Like, I'm right. doing it. Joint okay. podcast. Joint podcast. That one. We'll, we'll do it together. Hey, I, 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 I used to know one of the National Forest Service guys that when, um, uh, shit, what's his name? Uh, the Unabomber, when he was hiding out in the North Carolina mountains, mm-hmm. uh, I used to know one of the uh, National Forest, National Forest, what the fuck? I can't even call Forest Service guys that was out leading the FBI around trumping through the woods of North Carolina looking for him. I'm telling you, I got it. I got it right here, too. It's called Outdoor Renegades. And it's just about the crazy shit that fish and wildlife sees. Million dollar idea. I want uh, 0.5%. Red. I'll do you. I'll do you even a solid and give you five percent of it. Whoa, man! You guys, if anybody knows anything about how much uh, podcasters make, that is 
Uh, no money at all. Yeah, but uh, that, is, that is not even enough to buy yourself a meal at McDonald's. But you that's know what? Actually, Rudd sending me a bill. I yeah. owe him money. <laughs> bill. Yeah, you're gonna owe me postage back because it's gonna cost that much to get it to you. <laughs> Uh, um, all right. So speaking of podcasts, I know Paul's handling some dad stuff and he's being all shy about this, but Paul released his own solo podcast outside of Bass and Brews. It's called, uh, entertainingly educational and, uh, it, it, it's not fishing related as somebody, you know, Paul's supposed to talk it up, but he's being all shy about it. I listen to it. If you like Paul's craziness, it, it's all of that. But what he's got is guests that have nothing to do with the outdoors, really. He's just talking to some of the most interesting people that you've never heard of. And it's uh, it's a really good show. What are you at, Paul? Two episodes, right? An intro and then a, an actual real one? Yeah, sorry I had to step away. My, my, okay. my son is not going to sleep, and he's out here apologizing and being you know, a sweet little eight-year-old. So we're taking care of that. Can't yeah. look Carter. Needs to become That's eyes right. closed Carter. <laughs> telling you what telling you what yeah entertainingly educational this uh, podcast is conversation driven i've got two episodes the first episode if you listen to bass and brews you you can listen to it but it's just me telling my story and kind of an introduction to me and the podcast you can go listen to it if you like but if you've listened to this show enough you've heard that story episode two was the first guest dale dupree Dale is a leader in the sales world, but he has a really cool, interesting story. So this podcast is going to be what it says, entertaining, educational. And for him, um, we need to talk about really sales. We talked about his journey and, you know, he had a couple bouts. We tried to commit suicide and depression and stuff that he did to come out of it. So that one was a real deep episode. The next one coming up is a good buddy of mine who's in college football and that'll, that'll hit Monday. So that one will be about football, but I've got uh, Apache pilot helicopter or Apache helicopter pilot coming on, uh, a professional woman soccer player, football uh, chef that's been on the uh, Food Network a few times in some of those competitions. So it's going to be a wide range of interesting people. Uh, I would say a lot of them you've probably never heard of. And we're just, it's their journey. It's their journey. Yeah, they go on podcasts or they do stuff, and they're always talking about the thing that they do. This is going to how they got there, how they got to where they are now. It's going to be a good time, I hope. I know it'll be a good time. So we just, you know, we got to get some listeners in there. So if y'all are so inclined, it will be long form. It'll probably be an hour and a half to two hour podcast. It's fucking you, Paul. Of course it's going to be long form. <laughs> yep, that's right. That's right. But we, we're we not going to get into too, too awful long, but it'll be, it'll be a good time for sure. And we'll have guests. Weekly episodes will come out. I got to get some artwork done. Um, but, yep. It's out there. It's ready. Next episode, episode three, will drop Monday. Y'all go check it out. And definitely go listen to it, guys, because uh, episode two, he starts it off with this tagline about a campfire, which is the same tagline that he uses for Bass and Brews. So uh, the more you guys listen to it, the more that I can charge Paul if he ever gets famous because he basically <laughs> stole my idea. And we're going to have a whole, like, uh, you know, Cher and uh, what was his name? The guy who ran to the tree. Oh, my God. That fucking sound. Sonny I hate that sound. I hate that so, soundboard already. <laughs> so, first of all, I brought the campfire shit, and I told you I wrote down, like, 85 iterations of something that wasn't it, and that one just sounds the best. So, damn it. 
I'm gonna. Yeah, no, I, I expect when, when, when you me. become the new Joe Rogan that uh, you've oh, never yeah. listened to, but you still don't like. I, I have, expect but, uh, no. some proceeds. Yep, we'll see. We'll see. We'll, you know what? We'll finally be able to to buy some shit if we get both of these making, you know, more than ten cent every other episode. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So the topic ooh, you're gonna ooh, see it from ooh, the hold title. Up. Hold up. Let me tell y'all something. YouTube real. I mean, shit. Facebook reels. I oh. just got a check. I just got a check for three hundred thirty dollars. Did you really? I did oh. for Facebook reels i'm telling you y'all need to start doing some facebook reels facebook is so desperate they're paying you for fucking content paul that is how bad facebook reels are that i made three hundred dollars <laughs> i mean honestly facebook i mean honestly if you think about that that is quite a substantial amount of money for literally nothing nothing like nothing especially like, the stupid shit i put out is literally shit nothing and, yes. and you're just repurposing content right paul well yeah i make i make a video on my phone of me going y'all look and opening my tailgate and yep. it's seven seconds <laughs> and it goes out to all the platforms individually i put them out individually but yeah i mean it's a set it's predominantly seven second videos of the dumbest shit you have ever watched in your entire life but that's that's what the world we're living in we are we are off. It's worth three hundred dollars. We are at the beginning of the movie Idiocracy. <laughs> we're at the it has the gun. Nineteen eighty four is what we are. <laughs> no. no, Idiocracy. We're past eighty four. It's Idiocracy. I mean, seven go away, Baton. Shit everywhere. It is. Useless. But anyway, there you go. There's my. There's my little service. I like it. Well, well, speaking of baiting. Um, so you guys are going to see it in the title of this, and this is not clickbait. We've got some spicy topics, and uh, th this whole episode was kind of built around. Uh, Rudd had uh, commented on a couple, of, uh, a couple of my, uh, or specifically on the unpopular opinion about dealing with uh, bass fishing, right? Bass fishing and pro bass fishing as a whole, and that's what we're going to cover tonight. And uh, I, I, I already know that this is going to be wonderful. So. Let's start out like just like let's cover semantics, right? And we're gonna go around the room here. Can we yell at each other at some point tonight, please? Oh, Oh, one hundred percent. Well, I think you and so so. Here's how this is gonna work. For the most part, I'm, I'm gonna, gonna be act, yelling at Paul Alex for sure. I'm, I know it. Yeah, already. I'm gonna act know. as a moderator on this one because <laughs> I think me and Rudd have pretty much the same idea, but I know Paul has a whole different idea on this thing. So, so well, here's, I, I want to start out first. Here's the good thing is, about you being in the middle of me and Rudd fighting is yeah. that you're too short to get hit in the in the face by accident. <laughs> so you're you're out of the range <laughs> of being punched. It's too out of control. It's just one stiff jab to the nuts for both of us, and it's over. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. Also, That's right. probably like, a headbutt. Like, probably like, a headbutt. And and even our beards are like transitional, right? Like Rudd's got the magnificent <laughs> mountain man. I've got the uh, old man trying to be hip, and I'm finally going to grow my face. And, Paul, you have that homeless raccoon behind a Bucky's. But, that's right. That's right. That is – you know what? You know the raccoon that opens up the dumpster and is standing yes, there like a – Yes, that's you. A, a, that's, that's what my beard looks like. It's exactly what it looks like. All right. So to start this off, let's uh, – all right, let's be clear. Rudd, you got this first. Yeah. Uh, on a fundamental level, 
is bass fishing a sport? Mm, you used to open up a can of worms for me. So I actually talked to my buddy Ben Ben Nowak about this before, and we've done podcasts about this before. And I was actually talking to him about it on the way home from, from fishing today. It's a complicated question. And why it's complicated for me is because by definition, any recreation that has a competitive aspect is a sport. And it's hard for, I think, a lot of people, including myself, to compare bass fishing to, say, football. We all watch the national championship, you know, Monday and and watch those guys, you know, or, or, or didn't or whatever. <laughs> if you watch football, soccer, right. whatever you watch, UFC, I'm a big UFC fan. You know, we watch these guys that are super athletes, freaks of nature, you know, these these exceptional human beings is what they are, you know, with exceptional you know, abilities, exceptional stamina, exceptional athletic ability, go out here and play an exceptional game. And, you know, we all watched DeMar Hill get hit so hard that his heart literally stopped, you know, mm. a couple of weeks ago. And, you know, you look at those guys and then you look at, like, fishing. I, man, listen, I work out and I take care of my body and I do a really good job of, of staying as healthy as I possibly can, but I am not DeMar Hill. I am not, you know, Dustin Poirier or Francis Ngannou or any, you know, sports star that you want to want to compare yourself to. And I don't think any professional fisherman is either. Um, Aaron Martin's withstanding because that man would go run like seven miles before a tournament and then go fishing. I mean, he was an athletic, you know, a, a machine. Um, and so, you know, is it a sport? I would say yes, by definition. Um but then I would say I would say also there's so many aspects and I think it's a lot of things that we're going to get into here in just a minute to kind of make it weird. You know, it's a weird one. Like it's, it's like, it's is jockeying a sport? Is jockeying a horse a sport? I mean, those dudes no. are athletic. They have to, you know, they they work out. They take care of their bodies. They have to maintain a certain weight. They are of they are of um, you know um, exceptional size. But on the other spectrum, they're not giant football players. They're small you know, smaller humans that can ride horses is NASCAR a sport. You know, Dale Earnhardt uh, Jr. was on Rogan's podcast. He was talking about like, they, they burn like three, 4,000 calories a race. And like these dudes are working out and doing CrossFit to stay in shape, to drive a car. Same with like motocross or, you know, in like all these weird, all kind of obscure sports. Mm -hmm. And so I think the difference, though, there is in all of those things in the sport of fishing, and this is where kind of me and Ben left the conversation because his kid started screaming and he had to get off the phone. <laughs> was, was, Props was, to you, Ben, having them youngins. Uh, it's a lot daddy. of work. He is a good dad, I'll tell you that much. Um, and, and where we left the conversation was, why well, I said, well, Ben, the difference between me and all of those guys is you put me on any of the bass professional bass fishing tours, I can keep up with those guys. Send me out there. Let me do it. Let me send it. Yeah, I may be tired. I may be physically tired. But at the end of the day, from a physical standpoint, I can keep up with any of those guys. Where if you put me in pads and put me out on the field with the Buffalo Bills, I'm literally going to be broken in half in about mm -hmm. two seconds. Um, so, yes, by definition, it's a sport. Is it a sport by the philosophical breakdown of what I think sport is and what I think athleticism is, is it ever going to be in the Olympics? Yeah, probably not. But there's a whole other aspect of that that I want to get into here in a minute. Yep. And it's weird, and it's something I discussed the other night, and I'm going to put it out there in the air so that we all know it's out there, and then we'll come back to it, which is 
unlike every other organized sport, it was a game that had rules and was invented to be a game. Fishing was a means to survive, and we gamified it with a set of rules. And so that's the weird one about fishing is like there's no professional hunting as far as like competitive hunting that I know right. about. I, mean, I know there's competitions and things that they do, but from the ground standpoint of what there's like, there's no professional deer hunting league. And it's because that is a means to survive in, you know, years past and maybe to some people now, but we've gamified fishing into a sport or a recreation that has a set of rules, which yep. is by definition, a sport. So we'll put that out there and then I'll let you boys go now. Yeah. So I'll, I'll throw it out there real quick. So this is straight from, uh, what do we got? Oxford dictionary, right? A sport is an activity involving physical exertion and skill in which an, an individual or team competes against another or others for entertainment. So I personally don't really think of fishing bass fishing specifically as a sport i think of it as exactly what you're saying it's it was something that was turned into a game like i i think of it on, on that level when you're talking about quote unquote competitive fishing it's a game mm -hmm. it's not a sport mm -hmm. i i understand and i i have strong feelings they're going to piss people off but like nascar is not a sport to me it, it's not like i understand that they burn all those calories but there, there's no physical exertion. The calories are burning has to deal with the heat from being inside of that suit, that fireproof suit. That's where the I'm going to sign off. I'm done with Bass and Brews because the Southerners are about. <laughs> so they're going to be outside picking and outside your damn house in in listen. like 24 hours, whenever the hell this thing drops. Holy and listen, shit, I'll piss off more you people know, too. I also think this. that uh, like golf isn't really a sport. I I think there needs to be a a direct competition between two sides to be a sport i'm going golf i'm going golf's a sport you ever seen tiger woods play golf dude like professional golfers like if you ever watch normal humans play golf and then watch professional golfers play golf like in person dude it's a whole nother level of i mean like tiger woods is Tiger Woods is an example Roy McIlroy as an example I mean Phil Mickelson as an example those dudes spent a life golf. I have to draw the line there because like <laughs> those dudes spent their life honing the art of golf and then honing their physical body to then be better at golf. Like, like Tiger Woods works out specifically to help his golf muscles get better. And sure. so I, I, I mean, I think that one, that one is definitely. No, so, so here's why I say that, because there's no, for me, this is just me personally, and just me and all other uh, sound thinking members of society, a, a sport has to have a direct, con there's a conflict between two sides. There's an offense and a defense in my eyes. There has to be a what picture trying, so, so a picture trying to strike out a batter. Right. Wouldn't you hey. say that Tiger Woods probably has more athletic exertion in a game of golf than maybe an outfielder does in the game of baseball, depending on like if he's in the left outfield and just stands there? 100%. But that outfielder, but, but there's no way Phil Mickelson, what he's doing can influence how Tiger shoots. 
I think so. I think so, especially if he's doing well. Yeah, but okay. So if he's doing well, but like there's no direct, like Phil Mickelson can't come up and uh, fucking yeet the ball off the tee. That would be pretty awesome, though. right? Uh, I get right. what you're saying. So you're yeah. saying there has to be it. So you want a, a transactional? Concept. You want a transactional sort of? You want transaction between two people in a between two either two solo competitors, right, or a team of competitors. There has to be a conflict between the two. One actually trying to stop the other side from achieving the end goal. Yeah. So That's want, how I see sport. You want a transactional almost to the level of physical contact or physical, like there has to be an almost physical component to it, like a physical transaction, whether it be like yeah. the way somebody throws a ball or the yep. way somebody hits somebody in a football game or the way that someone tries to take a soccer ball from somebody or the way that yep. Francis Ngannou literally detaches people's heads from their bodies. <laughs> right. Okay. I get that. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. No, that, that's cool. No, I, I, I understand now kind of, so do you consider swimming a sport? No. I consider that uh, uh, high-octane working out. So is CrossFit a sport? No, God, no. Hmm. That's where <laughs> he just left. He just left. So, I don't I mean, consider yeah, – and then again, th th this is just me, but like so <laughs> even like like track and field, I know. I, I personally, in my standards and, and – Listen, I'm also, uh, as it's been said multiple times online this week, I'm the uh, the master of bad takes, but at least I'm the master of something. But in my eyes, a sport, exactly what you said, it has to be like a conflict, transaction, or uh, exactly. transactional. What you said, yeah. there has to be something of that. So just because you can run fast, like your opponent can't listen. If if you did sprints, but halfway through the sprint, you could take the, a baton. And uh, Nancy Harding, your opponent, that's a sport. I love that. That's interesting. No, I mean, I, 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 I find that interesting. I, I think, I think definitely, definitionally, we definitely, uh, sports, we view sport as different things. Like to me, yes. CrossFit, CrossFit in my mind is the ultimate sport because it is literally, literally, dude, I mean, no, it's like, it's working out. I mean, it is like, it's professional working out on a level that literally, I mean, like a very few people can actually do. So is bodybuilding a sport? No, because that's not, that's not, it's not. No, because I said, Oh, gymnastics. Is that a gymnastic? Gymnastics is definitely a sport. I think any Olympic, any Olympic sport is a sport. Ping pong. Your definition of a sport is transactional. Ping well, pong, ping pong ping, no, no, no. Ping pong, I actually do think is a sport. Badminton, it's a sport because I'm competing not against the time. I'm competing against the actual person. I can influence whether they win, whether they are successful so, or not. So NASCAR, let's go back to NASCAR. Yeah. Let's not get too far into the minutia here because we could go off on a tangent and a half. Yeah. NASCAR, there. By, by your definition, is a sport because there's a transactional. Sure. Because I mean, like, have you ever seen somebody literally run somebody off a NASCAR yep. track? Yeah, yep. they push people. They, you know, so like transactionally, then NASCAR is a sport, and then by definition, horse racing would also be a sport because there's pushing and shoving and that. And I mean, so like, doctors fishing at so each other. Fishing well, no, so no, little fishing, Alex. No, hold no, up, let fishing. me talk. Damn it, I've been sitting here quiet as fuck. Let me talk, <laughs> little Alex. 
people, there's a blast off, and people are trying to get one spot to another before the other one. And then if somebody beats them there, the other person go over there and cut them off. Jason Lambert literally made somebody leave the lake the final day of a tournament, even though they were leading it because he beat him to his spot. <laughs> I don't think so. One, I mean, within the aspects, if we're talking about big glitter boats, right? Those guys have community holes. They, they rotate spots. So just because one hit one before the other one, uh, I, I, I don't think that's a transactional uh, at all. And then specifically with fishing, the 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 wild side of it being in there right the wild side of like j just like what you said rud like hunting's not a sport but fishing is somehow like there's always a wild animal component that's transactional you know, you're not now you're competing against the animal that's not a sport you are digging a hole it's a very shallow hole but you're gonna be head <laughs> you deep in it for too long. <laughs> listen you keep it up you keep it up now you've got me thinking of all the all the things that I now can what I think is sport mm -hmm. and what I think are sports that you don't think are sports like professional cycling, sport or not sport. Um. Okay. So if they're on, yes. So I do, and here's why. I will say that's a sport because of the way they draft. The only reason I don't think I I, I know you're trying to center in on that because I said NASCAR is not one. NASCAR I don't think is one. I don't think motorsports are actual sports. Because you're dealing with uh, an engine, you're dealing with engineering, which is like outside of the realm. I think there has to be a real human element to it. Just driving a car doesn't make you an athlete, doesn't make you a sportsman. It's you have but a faster. There engine. are people who have the exceptional ability to drive things. Sure. Yeah, so they're like, really good at their game. Like you ever, have you ever ridden a dirt bike? No, God no, oh, dude. Let me tell you something. That's something we used to do when we were kids. And in riding a dirt bike, like to go from the level of I'm just riding a dirt bike to the point of exhaustion, because we used to do it. Like mm -hmm. we would ride four or five hours straight as hard as we could go and like literally be dripping with sweat, exhausted. Because trying to hold on to that thing is like trying to hold on to a hail banshee. To go from just doing that in the backyard as kids and jumping like little four foot jumps to mm -hmm these dudes that do a hundred laps around a dirt track and they're jumping 40 and 50 feet in the air. And like, they're having to retire when they're 25 because yeah. they literally physically beat their body up so much. I mean, like how about hiking? It, There's plenty of people that hike and they, they get sweaty yeah, but, and yeah, they're putting their up, body too. That's not hold the up. same as that's not the same as like uh, to, to go on a brisk hike or even an intense hike. Like, you know, I can go on a hike and I can burn 500 calories and I may be a little tired by the end of mm -hmm. it to, to literally try to hold on to, a you know, uh, an X, I don't know, like what, what am I trying like a Yamaha 500. You put me on a Yamaha 500 dirt bike and you want me to hold on to that bitch for literally and, you know, 20 minutes straight is I am trying to give it every bit of everything that it's got to beat everybody else it transactionally, literally trying to beat them through the corners, trying to jump the jumps, trying to take the corners, you know, dig them out of the holes, dig it into the ruts, do all that kind of stuff. And then, I mean, like to me that, that is sports like, you know what I mean? And like, I don't know. I mean, it's an interesting concept and I definitely get where you're coming from. That, like yeah. if you attach a motor, you know, the motor is what is doing the work. 
but the person on that machine is also doing the work as well that's like saying that digging a ditch isn't a physical labor job because you have a shovel that is your tool but you're exerting effort onto the shovel to make it do the work which is then in your right mind what, what you're just saying let's say lumberjacking is that a sport it's not a sport but it's still a physical activity that exerting an immense amount of 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 energy but it involves a certain level of skill and i mean there are competitive lumberjacking competitions if you've never seen those like they literally saw up logs and shit have you ever seen that yeah 100 you know like cornhole now we can talk about cornhole to me that's not a sport that's a game and i think you know there we go let's kind of let's focus in on that what's the difference between a sport and just a game you know, like Monopoly is a game. We play Monopoly and we have fun. Uno is a game. We play Uno, we have fun. Football is a game, but there's a transactional, you know, like that physical transaction in between. Mm-hmm. Those so is is fishing as a tournament aspect a game? Because like I believe, like you look at Jacob Wheeler, for example. Jacoby, yep. Jacoby Wheeler, yes. You look at Jacob Wheeler, that dude is a very, very, very good fisherman. One of the best to ever put a rod and reel in his hand. Yep, best one-pound bass fisherman, you're right. But I believe that he is also very, very good at playing the game of tournament fishing, meaning that he is he has a like a, like a professional poker player or like somebody where it's not, you know, it's not this all-out intense physical activity like a football game like a football game yes josh allen has a unique set of physical skills in a in skill-based abilities to make him be able to like throw an absolute laser at 70 yards you know and (laughs) you know like but where jacob wheeler there doesn't have to be that physical component to it but there's a whole nother skill and mental side to it as well in a different way than football or something else mm-hmm. that, that makes it where he's really good at that. Kevin Van Dam is really good at that, especially back in the day. He was better in that mental space and in that, that skill-based set than anybody else out there, which made them really good at the game of tournament fishing. And so that's interesting to me. Like I've just, I'm kind of trying to flesh the idea out as I'm talking about it, but I, I, I get what you're saying is it a sport? I'm going to say, I mean, it's physical. It, there is, I mean, I burned, like, I, I had my Apple Watch on the other day. I burned 2,000 calories while I was fishing. Like, you know, it's crazy or whatever. I don't know. And I am tired when I fish five days straight. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. But I'm not like, I'm not like getting hit in the face by Dustin Poirier 200 times in a fight tired. You know what I mean? Like I'm not bloody. The, the, the bass doesn't have like a jig slinging right back at you. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, so- well, I don't know how many people got the fucking teeth knocked out with a jig flying right back at them. Cause the fish bit and they set the hook and he wasn't hooked. Yeah. It but, happens. But I think I, I get where you're saying that yeah. about the sports thing. You know, it's it's an interesting concept. And I think where you go from here mm-hmm. is, you know, not is it a sport or not? Is it what do we consider it? Is it a, is it a game? Is it a recreation? Is it a gamified recreation? Is yeah. it like that? I want to get into that because that's where mm-hmm. it gets weird. Okay, go ahead. Every sport is a game, but not every game is a sport. Hmm. 
It's like all hornets are wasps, but not all wasps are hornets. It's like some deep thoughts on bass and brews at this point. We're going to uh, mark this down uh, as the most intelligent thing Paul's ever said. Cornhole is a sport, but it's a game. I would say it's a game, but not a sport, but okay. That's what that's what I meant to say. That's okay. what I said. Okay. That's what I said to myself, but what came the fuck out of my mouth was not that. But that's what I meant. Y'all get Dyslexia go back to my previous statement. Okay, so Paul is it. fishing a sport. Jeez, it's about fucking time. You know how hard it's been to sit here and listen to your I can't anyway. believe you've been so patient through all this too. <laughs> I know. Look, the ADD has kicked in. I have crumpled up 18 pieces of paper. I have had I've had to make a note. Um, the box holding my feet up is now crunched down flat like it went through a compactor. Uh, but here I am getting to answer this question now, uh, unabated. Yes, fishing is a sport. And I look at it from this aspect. We're talking about the professional side. That's where my mind goes, the professional side of fishing. That's what I look at it as. Yes, it's a sport. There's a huge mental game to it. There's a huge physical aspect to it. And it, it encompasses competition. You're competing. It is. I agree on all points except for the physical aspect of it. Mm -hmm. Because I think but, we can all look at professional fishing, BFL, opens, whatever the. Whatever are those even. We're going oh, to cover that. There's a lot of middle aged, fat white guys. Right. <laughs> Standing I, on the front of their boats, leaning on their seats, watching their graphs that I literally, if I said, yep. you have to walk up that set of steps, they would be out of breath. And I will say, I think where, where Paul's going to go with this. So like, like kayak fishing, I think. Now that's a whole different ball game. Right? I actually think that kayak fishing would be more of a sport under your guys' definition than glitter boat fishing, right? I'll like, agree. Would, yes, I'll agree that kayak fishing, if if we had to compare and stick with fishing, because this is bass and brews, not bass and sports bullshit talk, kayak <laughs> fishing is more of a sport. Wait, wait, we than, were going to have Pat McAfee on next week, and now you've ruined it for us. Thanks my, You know what? You know what, Paul? I don't know if you knew this or not. Rudd sent in an application, uh, like I asked about on the last show, uh, this is actually your send-off show. It's going to be me, Rudd, and McAfee um, Mac talking, Mac about, talking about well, thank, cornhole and bad. God, Bass and Brews will finally get over that that 312 so, uh, listener mark if you get me out of here and pull those two <laughs> on. Look, I, I will unsubscribe and not listen to a Nary episode, but I will be Hold very on. proud. For, 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 for people that want to sponsor the show, because I'm trying to make money, <laughs> uh, we, we get a lot more than 312, okay? Um, <laughs> let's make sure we're clear. So, like 312,000 is what they get. <laughs> <laughs> Woo, buddy. I'll tell you what. Anchor listen, I'm mark that down. That's going down. on on TikTok is that Alex Rudd says that uh, Bass and Brews gets 312,000 pay us. <laughs> I, fishing is a sport to me in the professional level because they're doing it at a different level for the the whole encompassing side, the physical, the mental, the the art, the craft that it takes to hone. And let's take golf for instance. If you ever have, if you've ever met somebody that played golf professionally, either in the semi-professionally or professionally, and I'm I'm, I'm sorry to say semi-pro. Alex, I know that's just a remember spot that, for okay. you. Just remember that. <laughs> the uh, <laughs> oh, your your boy uh, on oh, Bailey's Paul. podcast didn't know I was fucking fucking around with you when I called you semi pro. <laughs> yeah. I was messing with you. 
But anyway, the um, the take golf, for instance, and and people will talk about the the Tiger Woods, the Phil Mickelsons, those folks. How when they hit a ball, they are playing by inches. When you have just your Sunday, Saturday, Sunday Warriors that are out there playing golf, they're playing by the feet or yards. When you go out there bass fishing, these folks that are professional touring bass anglers, their casting is within inches, centimeters, inches. The, they have honed that craft. Their mental game to the situation with weather, the fish, all that, it is on a different level than what the the person that fishes three or four days a week every week and is sitting at their house they it's it's a different level because they're fishing the same bodies over of water over and over and over these guys are going to different lakes now at this point in time they're hitting the same lakes every year but when you hone that craft like that you could take it to football i was a punter a backup punter in college people always said oh what about going pro i was like there ain't no way in hell to be a to be a professional football player and kick and punt is the level of what you have to be is so much higher than than anything you will ever see besides the people that are doing it. That goes for all that basketball. See, and those that's folks where, are a whole different level of. I can promise you, I can promise you this. I promise you this. There are dudes who call themselves opens pros who you both could beat in a tournament. All right. Uh, Rudd, I, I think you're, uh, you're, you're, you're very you're knowledgeable. No, I'm telling you. No, I'm no. Just, I'm, I'm, I'm going to tell there. you right now, I think you are giving my specific fishing skills. <laughs> I'm way better uh, filming, uh, talking than but, actually but, fishing. But at the end at, of the day, yeah. you still have a base of knowledge mm -hmm. that if I were to put you on a lake, yeah. That if you were to go out there and I'll give you five days to go find fish, and I say you gotta compete for three days. Yeah, there there is definitely a multi-day tournaments are a different ball game. Trust me, I mm -hmm. fish them. They mm -hmm. suck. Like for, to conserve your fish and to have backups to your backups and and to be able to go out there and play that mental game, it's a different ball game. But that being said. I can promise you that most of these guys out here that are fishing the opens and who are calling themselves pros and have stickers on their boats, if we're not talking about the Elite Series or the MLF or whatever they call the big guys now. BPT. The, the BPT. Mm -hmm. Like Edwin. Like, like Edwin and KVD and those guys. Yeah. Unless you're talking about those dudes, most guys out there can be beaten and will be beaten. And most of what they do – on that open series is a whole lot of luck mixed in with some skill. And it's yeah, like, and I'm not discounting anything that they're doing. And I think a lot of people, when they, when they hear me talk like I do about these things is they think, well, he hates professional fishing. No, 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 no. I am friends with professional fishermen, Bradley Hallman, Edwin Evers, you know, Hunter Shyrock. I know these guys. I have God, the name drops. Come on. The, I have their numbers in my phone. But but all at the same time, I think that they would agree with me on this fact that sometimes it doesn't matter how good you are in the sport <laughs> of professional bass fishing or in the, the high, high stakes, and we want to get in the high stakes gambling part of it as well. 
in in the high stakes, you know, act that is professional fishing, that sometimes it's just luck. And one great example that I go back to, and I always go back to this one, is because I was at this weigh-in and I watched the defeat happen, was when Jacob Wheeler beat Kevin Van Dam in at Bass Fest on Lake Chickamauga. And I watched KVD literally get the air taken out of him. Mm-hmm. And it was at that moment that I realized, I was like, you know, Jacob Wheeler really isn't better than Kevin Van Dam. He just caught fish that were slightly bigger than Kevin's, even though they were doing essentially the same. I mean, they were both deep cranking. They were both throwing a hair jig. They were both doing offshore stuff essentially on the same exact area. I think they were within eyesight of each other. And Wheeler just got like those four and a half pounders to eat. And KVD got four pounders to eat. Mm -hmm. And, and, And so... I mean, I agree with you, Paul. I agree with you. But I think when you look at what you said as as is a game of feet and inches, or to go from backup, you know, kicker to professional kicker is an exceptional leap in skill. I would say that the leap in skill from being an avid angler to an opens pro to a touring pro is minimal at best. It's minimal at best, and it's also a money aspect. Yeah. We'll get into it. I, I, I agree on that, but, I, but that's why I want the conversation to center around the the pro touring side, the, the mm-hmm. best of the best, the ones that are up there. I think that's where the argument will hold the most water, but in any other sport, there's a luck involved too. Now, they don't have to deal with an uh, animal that they typically cannot see or you know, not always weather. But take basketball, for instance. You shoot a shot in basketball, it hits the rim and rolls around the rim twice and goes in. And then the next time you come down to the court, you shoot the ball, it hits the same place on the rim, rolls around two times, and rolls out. Yeah, but that – No, no, that's a I mean, physics. No, no, that, no. That's a, at some point in your delivery, no, no, something no. was there off. Is, there's, there's luck in all of that. In football, you throw, you throw a ball down the field and it hits – yeah, it hits a guy in the back of the head, and it and it rolls off. That's not luck. Inter- I mean, the guy luck. didn't turn his head. I I just think that like you know Antonio Brown catching a one handed catch off the tip of his fingers. That's not luck. I mean, okay, no, that is There's not luck. luck. Way, I mean, that's that literally is speed some of the most and amazing ability. Yeah, and yeah. I think like Here's- you know the basketball shot. I get that. I, I I do get that. But you have to think about all the thousands of hours of of work and time that they put in into shooting that shot repetitively over and over and over again. And I get it with fishing. There's a thing with fishing. I mean, there's thousands of hours we put on the water, but here's the deal. The difference between those two things is I can flip a jig with perfection, with accuracy. I can skip it. I can throw it. I can drag it. I can have the best rod, reel, line, bait, trailer. I can have the best fin wick, Abu Garcia combo with my trialing 100%. Floor what a product pack. dropped. Uh, let me listen, tell you listen Rudd's got the product drops and yes. he's got the uh, the yes. name drops. He's got yes. it locked Berkeley, in. My Berkeley Powerbait skirted jig with my Berkeley <laughs> trigger crawl on the back. And I can flip it in on a log perfectly. And I can spook a fish. Yeah. Or, or that fish can turn around pissed off as a wet setting hen and and suck that jig in, and I crack him. And I mean, like, it's the last tournament that I won in a boat. I won it. Is that the one you got kicked out the local league in? That's exactly what happened. Yeah, this was me. That's when I got called a semi-pro. <laughs> I'm not going 
going to deny that there was a skill aspect that it was involved in that because I set my buddy down and I looked at the clock and it was one o'clock and I said, sit down, strap in. I'm going to where I know these fish are at. Mm -hmm. And I knew the fish should be there, but it it came from thousands of hours of spending time on the water and knowing just, I know what to do instinctually, right? We ran to the spot. I threw up in there and I call every single fish in my box. Okay. The thing is, though, I could have pulled up in there and it could have been all two pounders instead of three pounders. And there could have been nothing that I could have done about that. The skill aspect of getting me there was there. It's just, I don't know if there truly is a skill to catching bigger fish, unless we're talking about like live scoping with glide baits, locking glide baits in our hands. Like maybe I suck. And maybe that's it. I mean, I suck at fishing. I'll be totally honest with you guys. I am I am in the grand scheme of bass angling. I am probably really terrible in comparison to some people. But all at the same time, I just don't believe that you go to a place and go, I guarantee you with 100% certainty, I'm going to catch nothing but four pounders here. Yeah, there's big fish areas and there's people, I tell people, hey, you know, if we, if we get a bite here, it's probably going to be a better than average one. Today mm-hmm. was one of those days. I screwed my one chance up to catch a really big fish today because I knew today was one of those days I was going to catch those bigger than average fish. But all at the same time, there's I can't tell you whether it's going to be a better than average. I can't tell you if it's going to be a four or a seven. And mm-hmm. I can't guarantee you that there's a four or a seven sitting there. Like, it's just what's there. And what I know the areas that they should live in, presenting them with the bait the way that it should be presented to them and showing them the thing that should be shown to them in the way that I believe is to the best of my ability to present it to them, to to trick them into eating it. But I I can't tell you if it's going to be a four or a three pounder until he bots it. (laughs) You Mm -hmm. know what I mean? No. Yeah. It's a weird, it's a weird concept around that whole idea of of like luck being involved in it's a whole aspect that no i don't feel like any other sport or game or recreation really has like name another one you know what i mean because like even in hunting even in hunting you can place game cameras out and you yeah. can watch these, oh, deer, can. Yeah. these deer and these deer. And yeah, you got to get lucky and have him make a mistake and walk out in front of you. But it, dude, if you've seen him walk by the same tree every single day at 1.30 for two weeks straight, guess what he's probably gonna do at 1.30 the next day? Walk by the tree. Yep. I, I'm not I don't have game cameras out in the water where I watch a four pounder swim by a tree every single day at 1.30. And at 1.30, I'm sitting there with my rod in my hand waiting to catch that four pounder like well i mean after the live scope that is actually the next million dollar idea alex rudd is going to um the it's going to be game cameras maritime game cameras it's going to be it. a camera that you can just put out in your pond you can watch where they're at use your live scope you don't really have to do anything um they'll you can actually with the process alex will come out and he'll just fish the spot for you and then you can just uh hold the fish for the camera it's it's it. I love yeah, it. Foolproof. But it's weird, right? You yeah. know, it is a very weird concept in 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 the the sport or recreation or or hobby or whatever you want to call yeah. it that we're in. And you know, I, I think we like to refer to it as a sport for 
the simple reason of we want it to be taken as seriously as anything else. Sure. So that's why I think it's referred to as a sport. And I mean, I want it to be taken seriously. You know what I mean? I, I mm-hmm. want fishing to be taken seriously. I want to be what I do to have some weight to it. You know what I mean? At the end of the day, do I really care? No, whatever. But like, if you don't like it, I don't care. But all at the same time, I think in the grand scheme of, of what we do, we do a weird thing because guys can play football and nobody's going to protest football. Guys can ride motorcycles and unless they're just like weird green tree hugging hippies, no one's going to protest motorcycle riding or, or any of those things. Yeah. But we are in a very precarious situation where if we don't defend what we have, we can have a group of people take it away from us because sure. they don't think we should be able to do it. And so I think that's where the term sport comes from. I think yep. there, why there wants to be a professionalism aspect to this. I think that's why the industry wants there to be kind of a guard on what is considered professional and what isn't, because I think the industry also has that inkling that like, this is one of those things just like hunting that if we don't protect it a certain way and it doesn't have a, a sort of, I don't know, flavor to it that maybe it can be taken away and there's a whole nother mental aspect. I, I'm going to go down a rabbit hole here and I don't want to go down it because it's, because <laughs> it's a good one because then all at the same token, like professional fishing and the transporting of fish from one place to another and, and abusing them for hours on end and then letting them back into the water could also be the driving reason why they might ban it. You know what it I mean? It could be so, problematic. No, you're 100% true on that. And I'll so, say this real quick. I'll say this real quick about, the luck aspect of it in every every sport there's a luck aspect and some there's more than than others but if you look at fishing the there's not a there's not there's a very there's a couple handful of people throughout the history of professional fishing that have been consistent super consistent kevin van dam jacob wheeler uh roland martin you know those guys like that there's only a handful of those people that have performed at that consistent level. And I think they wrote, they figured out how to put themselves in a position to have better luck. They, the skill put them in position to have better luck Mm -hmm. in that. And if you look at it though, a guy can win a tournament and then two weeks later finish 90. Mm -hmm. Like this, that is hard. There's consistency in fishing there's a lack of consistency in fishing that you don't see in other sports. And it's because you have to deal with the weather. You have to deal with other people on your playing field. You have to deal with an animal, a primordial animal that you can't control. And in fishing without live scope, we can't see. So the, the skill aspect of it to me is that your, your skill level puts you in a position to know that these fish should be here at this time of day or because of this weather pattern or whatever it is that puts you, you you put yourself in a position of better luck live scope is going to i think it's going to tighten the field and you're going to see people you're not going to see the ranges of weights unless it's a spawning tournament you're not going to see the ranges of weights they're going to start to condense some i think uh start to get closer but the right. skill level of these folks that are that are consistent, the greatest anglers ever. Let's take KVD. I think we would all agree he's probably the greatest pro angler that fished at this point. Um, his consistency level was on a whole different at uh, parallel. Same thing with Tiger. Tiger transcended golf. Uh, Simone Biles 
transcended gymnastics with how not only how consistent she was, but the feat of what she was doing. Michael Jordan. So greatest yep. to ever yeah. do it. <laughs> yeah. Michael Jordan. I mean, probably we, any we can, sport. Yeah. We can look at that. We can look yep. at that. So these people are on a whole different level that they put themselves in a position that if luck was going to happen, they were going to receive it. Yeah. And that's yeah. that's the whole part. And, and, I don't want to get into luck. Saying, that's a whole different conversation. I, but your I skill see. level gives you a, an advantage to win. I think one thing that needs to be said as well for anybody listening to this is an understanding is like, this is not a disrespect or shade throwing, you know, venture that we're getting into here. And that I respect Kevin Van Dam for his work ethic and his drive to be the best ever. Like I respect Michael Jordan for it. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like I want people to understand that like, you know, the reason Jason Christie won the classic last year is because he was not going to take no for an answer. And yeah. like, he was going to do it. No matter what it took, it was going to be done. Mm-hmm. Sure. Was there a little, some luck involved? Like that last fish that he caught on the day of the classic that he pulled over that cable, you know, how easy that easily that fish could have popped off, yeah. but it didn't, you know, it didn't. And, and, but the thing is, is like you said, Paul, he would have never put himself in that situation if it wasn't for a set of very, very honed skills and a very, very deep toolbox and understanding of bass behavior, fishing and everything in the, in, in the game. I mean, like in understanding the game, like Michael Jordan was not only physically the best, but he understood the game of basketball better than anybody else probably has ever understood it or ever Mm -hmm. will. Mm -hmm. And then he also had a mental aspect of it, like LeBron or not uh, LeBron James, but Kobe Bryant, Kobe, the the story i think you paul we were on there when we were maybe it was you or somebody we were talking about kobe when he was playing in the olympics mm-hmm. they were playing italy and i forgot what his teammate's name was but his teammate was playing on italy's team and he said i'm going to run through his chest yeah and it was just a show of force it was just a show of i'm better than you i will always be better than you and there's nothing that you can do about that and so the mental aspect of it is so there, Paul. You're so right. And I think that that's one thing that a lot of these guys have because, like, man, even, yeah. like, you look at, um, let's say, you know, Tommy Biffle. You know, Tommy Biffle, you know, he's kind of that funny, you know, everybody thinks of Tommy Biffle, like, yeah, from here to here, this is all mine. You know, leave me alone. You know? <laughs> but all at the same time, man, he has to have a mental drive that makes him get up at his age and want sure. to still go compete. You know yeah. what I mean? So I, I don't want to discount that at all. I don't want to discount um, the skill, the ability, yeah. or the mental aspect of it at all because those dudes really, really are. I mean, man, being around Edwin, the the time that I was around Edwin and just being around the Edwin and having conversations with him, it made me really realize, like, this dude is – this dude's doing what I do just in a different world. And his mental That's, space is yeah. what I want to – strive to be and what i hope other people see in me just in a different aspect of what we're doing here you know and 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 that's for anybody you know my my cousin used to be a pro football player and he is in the same headspace as me but it's just in a different world of Mm -hmm. what we've got going on you know what i mean and so i think that i think that's so inspiring in the world of sport or the world of game or anything you know even dudes who play video games Hey man, you talk to some of those guys, you know, eh, you know, it is, it's weird, right? It's weird to us because we don't like it, but like there's dudes who like, they get up in the they're morning. Fully like, committed. Yes. They're like, damn it. I'm going to be the best yep. 
fucking cod shooter that ever shot cod and it's like or whatever they call themselves but dude like you've got to be to to win it and to do it you've got to be in a different mental space i'm just everybody that is one i know that me and paul are the older people in this room but to hear Rudd go, I'm the best cod shooter in cod. Yeah. Makes you sound 80 years old. Dude, it's I'm amazing. an old soul. I'll, soul when it comes I'll to say this. Cod. I'll say this. Alex, you just said what the biggest thing that I hear You're in welcome. fishing when they say, if I had the time, not you, not short, Alex, all <laughs> Alex. You hear it all the time. If I had the time and the money, I could compete with those guys. And I say, probably not, because I saw folks playing college football that were some of the most athletically gifted people I've ever seen in my entire life. They were lazy. They lacked it mm-hmm. wasn't it wasn't even lazy. They lacked mm-hmm. the mental aspect. They lacked it wasn't the smarts. It was the mental aspect. It was the the that when it when everything clears and there's no and you're you're playing a game and there's no no noise and you are zoned in. Like there's a whole mental aspect to professional athletes and including professional anglers. And I say professional anglers are one of the greatest at it. There's a mental aspect that that's what separates the successful pros from anybody else is they have something upstairs in their ticker that, that clicks differently. And that is why there's only half a percent of people in any sport or game that can compete at the professional level. So I think this is a great segue, and I don't want to take over the show, but this is a great Mm -hmm. segue into the gambling aspect and the money side of this thing. Man, fucking (laughs) Rudd beats me. Rudd beats me at my own game on my own show. Like (laughs) maybe I need to fire. Maybe I need to. Maybe I need to fire Alex. Yeah, there you go. Creation thing, boys. You got to keep up. Okay. Um. I have applause. Thank you very much. Um, I don't know what this one is, but I want to play it. Y'all tell me what it is. It's a car. It makes no sense, you dipshit. Okay. (laughs) The buttons aren't labeled. Sounds like me ripping sauce after Mexican. (laughs) Anyway. um, God, that was terrible. It's the end of it. It's so wet. It's so wet. (laughs) It definitely Um, started. Okay. So when, when you look at Okay, let me back this up a little bit. I have felt back that ass up. I, I back that ass up. Um, wait, wait, I, hold on. He wants to back it up. He stole my segue, and now he's got to back <laughs> it up. All right, I got to back it up. So i I have to I have to admit here, and I think one thing that is very important here is that I'm speaking from a space of understanding when it comes to the fact that I have been in the mental headspace of investing money into the tournament aspect of fishing. Okay, maybe not $5,000 like some of these dudes because I think that's stupid. I'm here to make money, not spend it on fishing. That's just my <laughs> philosophy on it. That's a whole other podcast for a whole other day. Uh, but, but I have I paid lie. $250, $300, $350 bucks to fish in a tournament before. I've paid $100 to bet on UFC fights. Let me tell you boys something. I don't care who you are unless you are literally mentally like you have an addiction to gambling, which I think there's a whole aspect of that that we'll get into in a minute. When you put your money on the line for anything, the, it it turns it up a notch Mm -hmm. period. And so like sports betting on UFC fights, I've said this before. I'll be sitting here 
Yeah, punch him in the face. Yeah, whatever. When I put a hundred dollars on it, knock his head off, kill him, and it's just yep. like it's like you get so there's a it, it ramps up the 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 intensity to a thousand, and so I think that's why in tournament bass fishing we see guys not only make incredible phenomenal choices incre- incredible phenomenal like leaps of like let's say you know athletic ability or decision making and like every it seems like everything that they do falls into place but we also see on the the opposite side of that the wheels completely fall off and it's because the the money and the investment of their money is what allows bass fishing and tournament bass fishing specifically to be ramped up to the level of getting in the ring with somebody and putting on gloves and fighting for people, no- for people, what I'm saying, I see you shaking your head, Alex, but just for people's the mental part of the game, right? Because when they put $5,000 of their money on the line is that's when it like, that's when it goes from we're just fishing to we're tournament fishing. You know what yeah, I mean? But like Kevin Durant, Kevin Durant, Kevin Durant's going to get paid no matter what, right? He is one of the best basketball players in a very long time. He is going to get paid no matter what. He doesn't go into a game against, uh, what was it, last night? He played the Hornets, right? He doesn't go into that game and they go, hey, listen, if uh, you score more points uh, than the other forward, you're going to get paid. But if you don't, you're not going to get paid. He gets fucking paid because he's a professional athlete. But that's what when, I'm when you add in the money. And I think where you're going to go with this is it, it, it's like a false thing. And this is almost why, like, all right, you, you really narrowed it down. Cause I know we had this conversation over text, right? So this is like a false way to make this seem like a sport because we're adding in this, like, we're adding in this tension because there's money involved. Right. But like true athletes and true sports, they're getting paid to play that sport. Right. Nobody, uh, Aaron Rodgers just boxed his whole season. Right. But he didn't, he still got paid at the end of the game. The exact same amount. I think it's what, it's what takes it from, there's not a physical aspect of fishing where you have to worry about being literally being decapitated by Francis and Right. You don't. You don't have to worry about him literally almost possibly. I mean, maybe if Francis is on the fishing spot that you want and then he yes, mouths off. Yes. Yes. Yeah. You mouth off. But like, but outside, <laughs> outside of freak yeah. things happening, the hydraulics sure. going out on your steering and you have a boat wreck falling mm-hmm. into the wall. I mean, you know, these, these situations that are bad that don't happen very often and they're exceptional events. Like, it's a guarantee when you walk into a UFC octagon, guess what's going to happen? You're gonna, gonna get, get punched, punched in the, in the face. face. <laughs> you're gonna get punched in the face. You're gonna get kicked in the legs. You're, this guy is trying to literally kill you. You're gonna mm-hmm. get choked. You're gonna get hit. You're gonna get everything that can happen. When you get in your bass boat, you might be a little chilly if you didn't bring enough clothes. You got might get wet if you didn't bring a rain suit, and you might get sunburnt if you didn't bring sunscreen. Except yep. for maybe some exceptional events that happen throughout the day, like sure. the co-anglers yeah. dropping dipping glow in the back of your boat all on the carpet. Yeah, I mean, and, and like, let's say that's the worst thing that happens to you in a day. You still didn't get punched in the face by Dustin yep. Poirier. So, so the money aspect 
is is this I guess a false equivalency to the physical aspect. And and, yep. and if you go to basketball or football or whatever, those dudes are putting their bodies on the line. You know, I mean, I'm sorry, you go up against LeBron James yep. and you try to post up on LeBron James, he's putting your ass on the floor and you're <laughs> I mean yeah. like Nothing you can do about it. Your head is going to bounce off that wood floor, and you're probably going to have a concussion because he is a six seven, just two hundred and fifty pound man. Yep. And so, like, I think when you add the money aspect to it, into putting the money on the line, and is 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 the false equivalency of the physical aspect that these other sports have. Right, but it's false. Like you well, said, would, like I just because you bet money on it, right? But like poker, Paul, we get Paul, into poker. But is gambling. poker a sport? There we go. Or is yeah, that gambling? That, no, but yeah, yeah. So it, there's there's where we're getting when you put in. But we're we're not talking about fucking fishing as a sport anymore. We're talking about the money side. That's a it doesn't that doesn't change the sport or not sport aspect of it. But when you take poker, for instance, you're gam- you're putting your money up there saying. Okay, I can play cards better than this guy. Same thing with fishing. When you're fishing for money, it is a gamble because if you don't place, you don't get paid, and you lost all that money. And it's not just the money you paid in. It's to travel there, it's the fuel to practice, it's the lures, it's the lines. So it's just gambling with extra steps is what you're saying. It's just gambling, but I'd like to wear it's gambling, uh, but you have to have a lot of and hang out outside. So so it's it's gambling, but you have to go ahead and invest, you know, let's say on the low end forty, forty, fifty thousand dollars and on the high end several hundred thousand dollars to just show up to then gamble more of your money to say that you're better than the other guy. And that's like a local derby, but, right? So, I mean, we'll, we'll pull up some numbers here. Like, if we're talking, look at this. I did research, right? I was ready for this. Well, let me say it, this, too, about the gambling side of it before you get into it, Alex, is the, the and I think this is the topic we're going to cover, is we're talking about football, basketball, baseball, soccer, these professional sports people getting paid tens, hundreds of millions of dollars. There's a whole different revenue stream coming into those sports in which professional fishing doesn't have. So there's a whole different revenue stream of money coming into those sports that professional fishing will never achieve because there's no fans. There's nobody buying concessions and on serious angler. I had a fucking great idea. A couple of them actually on how to, how to, capitalize on some of that they let but, you on that show Jeez. but like we said like like i said over there and like we said over there I, I i think i think that yes that is true but it's still i, I whatever i think what we're more we're talking about now is now like like when you start to look at this mentally for these guys who compete mm-hmm. like i lost a six pound spot today mm. he was giant Biggest spot I've ever seen in my whole entire life. It sucked. It has sucked a hell of a lot worse if I'd have paid a two hundred and fifty dollar entry fee, and I probably would have freaked out a hell of a lot more. And you I probably, probably would have broke the rod. I mean, ser- I, mean I mean, like I, I, I mean, like seriously, like I, I, I don't remember fish that I lose in tournaments, but I also know that when I do lose them in the moment, the intensity levels cranked up, and it's only because I've got money on the line. Yep. And like, I want to win that trophy and I want to beat those guys. Like it's my competitive nature to want to be better. And like that only I think happens like, 
Bailey has a different. I would love to have Bailey on here because, like Bailey, when he won his Hobie event, I was worried about the check. He was worried about the trophy. And see, I think it's. I think. I think it's. He's worried about the money too. But but, dude, he's just so proud that he did the thing. Where I'm right. just like, I look at it as a business venture. <laughs> like yeah. I look at it as, yeah. like, can I gamble my money? And am I good enough to beat? these other 250 people who've signed up for this thing to try to win $10,000. Cause if I can invest $250 up front to go fish my home body of water, Chickamauga is the one that I, the Hobie I, I fish. And let's say that I even drive eight hours away from my house. Let's say that I all in, I'm in 600, $700 for the whole trip. I still have the possibility of winning $10,000. And so the intensity level for me of the whole entire competition, the game, the whatever we're wanting to call it, the sport, gets ramped up for me at that point that wouldn't be ramped up if it was just a fun fishing trip. And I think mm. that the gambling aspect, regardless of the money coming in, regard, we that's a whole different discussion. I mean, that's, that's what that is. Yeah. The gambling aspect of it is what is ramping it up to the next level. And what makes it makes it I wish that they would double down on the gambling aspect of it in professional fishing because I thought it would make it even funner to watch. Like because they want to talk about the payouts like they want to talk about these payouts like they're prestigious. You know what I mean? Like, you know, he won a hundred thousand dollars. Like, dude, there's professional football. Solid one. Hold on. Solid. He he netted two thousand out of that hundred. Yes. Yes, and I and I won't say names, but I had a conversation with a professional angler who won two tournaments in one year, and he told me that at the end of the year, after he paid all his expenses, paid off all his credit cards, and did everything that he needed to do to get everything paid off, he he had zero money left. He won two hundred grand in a year and had zero money left at the end of the year. Yeah. And so there's some business aspects to that too. That there is, there is, there is, but at the end of the day. A professional football Josh Allen could wipe his ass with a hundred dollars and never even miss it. <laughs> I mean, so, we could le- legitimately go to Major League Baseball, right? Yeah. Which I think is the most fully athlete, guaranteed, full like they they are the most athlete friendly league, and it's fully guaranteed. You sign whether you get hurt or not, or you play or not, you are gonna get paid. Yep, football is the most football's the the shortest lifespan of all the professional sports, and it's not at all because if you said it's uh because you said bass fishing's a pro sport, and I think Rudd just covered it. It's just professional gambling. Well, and that's and that's where and that's what I want to get into is like <laughs> that's the, the gambling aspect is if they would double down on the gambling aspect of it, I think it'd make a hell of a lot more entertaining. Mm-hmm. I mean, because UFC does it, because UFC does it. In the fact that you know, not only are these guys gambling their 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 bodies, their bodies. So I, the yep. dudes in the ring are fighting. So I mean, for everybody else to then be gathered up in it as much as the dudes in the ring punching in the face are, what do they attach to it? They how much are they making? How much are they making on a fight? And not not the, the top fight. tier, huh? No, the mid depends on the fighter. Millions, mid card, yeah, millions, mid card, you know, probably tens, tens of thousands. thousands. Yeah, tens of thousands. Like enough yeah. that enough that they that they can live a comfortable life yeah. and train professionally as fighters and not have to worry about anything. But they're but, getting they're getting paid regardless. But somebody they're getting paid something regardless if they win or lose. 
Yes, win or lose, and they actually have they have a win bonus, they have a loss bonus, they have a they have money just to show. So like, mm-hmm. okay, let's let's. Uh, I I forgot whose contract it was. I think it was Kamara Usman when he lost his fight. He had like a guaranteed like one point six million dollars just to show up. Mm-hmm. Right. Then he had another like five hundred thousand to make weight, and then he had like another two million to walk in and get in the ring. And then if he lost, he still would get like guaranteed all that money plus a little bit more. And then if he won, he would get like another two million plus pay per view points. I mean, so these dudes who are fighting at an elite level are are making millions upon tens of millions yep. of dollars because and, people and, are watching. They're paying money to come to the stands and watch. And but, so, but what 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 yeah, I was getting at? Money, yeah. What I was getting at is yes, there's that aspect of it, but another aspect of it that makes people even invested into it more is that gambling side of it. Like I have a, I have a account with FanDuel just to, just to bet on fighting. Like I don't bet on anything else other than fighting. Another name drop there. Let's just mark that on the list there. <laughs> I wish they sponsored me. They got the money, but like, <laughs> like, and it, 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 it invests me into the fight more because sure. I. You know what I mean? And, and well, so, you got a skin in the game. You've got yes. something, right? Yes. All right. And so, so and to go I don't back, think fishing could ever do that, though, right? Didn't we just have uh, shoot? What was it last year? Uh, it, it was a young kid that was able to make his way to the Bassmaster Classic, correct? Uh, I don't know. Who? What? Who is it? I don't know. I don't know. I'll, I'll keep up with that. <laughs> I'll look it up. Yeah. So, so this kid ran the opens, right? Because. Yeah. Uh, I, I can't remember the, the age requirement to do the opens is pretty low. Okay. It's, uh, by low, I mean, like, uh, I'm pretty sure it's just 18 years old mm-hmm. and this kid's going to go to the Bassmaster classic, right? Uh, because he fished in however many opens he gambled enough, but at 18 and I, I don't think they can go all in because so is, is high school fishing a gamble then? Are they paying entry fees? Yes. Then it's a gamble. It, it, it 100% it's a gamble. Hey, and they hey. should treat it that way, but they can't because if it's a gamble, we're talking about 15, 16 year old kids. The, the, I mean, they're under 18 years old. It's, it's you want not a hot legal. Take? Hey, you want a hot hey, take? Look, hot take, and I got something. Go ahead. Okay. Oh. Hot take. I believe yep. that tournament bass fishing should be treated just like sports betting is, and that you should fill out a 1099 form and you should have to any winnings that you make from tournament bass fishing, you didn't have to have tax paid upon it. Just like any money that I win from sports betting when I'm betting on the UFC has to be claimed on my taxes and then tax. They tax my shit when I won the last yep. time that I won. I won a parlay. We won $500 and I had to tax it. It was ridiculous, but we had to tax it. And yep. so, so I think that professional, yeah. professional fishing tournament, tournament fishing at every single conceptual level should it's be gambling. It's gambling. It is, it we, is. It is gambling that goes under the radar because nobody really understands it that cares enough to understand it. Mm. And like I said on, I think it was on Serious Angler's podcast the other day when you were on there, it may have been a different time, that all it's going to take is somebody in the government to realize what fishing, tournament fishing is, and there's going to be a law passed to turn it into gambling and for it to be taxed. And it's just a matter of time, I think. 
Well, it's well they they're still taxed. I mean, you still had to pay tax on the winnings. But what I think you're getting, to, what I believe you're getting to is, but cur- like you, I would say lo- local tournaments you don't because local tournaments are are cash transactions. What well, right? Well, they can't. They can never do anything about cash transactions. So yeah. as long as it's not, if it's cash to cash, that'll never happen. But anything over six hundred dollars, you're supposed to get a W two form. Well, for, and, and that'll back and me now up. With, it, yeah, but hey, we're not going to go. Yeah, into we're going to go down a rabbit hole. We'll yeah, get back. Yeah, to that. that's that's a whole different one. What yeah. what I feel like you're saying is this: is that we need to have sports books and betting on professional fishing like we do all the other sports, where you sit down and these are the odds that this person that these people are have to win the tournament. Horse racing, golf, they all have sports books. Turn professional fishing into bet the betting side of it, a true betting sport. Now I, I don't bet. I don't know anything about sports books and shit. I know a, a high level amount just of being around it, but you have it where there are odds on people winning. And then you have, you have the bets on big fish and you know, what's the winning weight going to be like the spreads, all of that stuff. If you turned it into there, then now you're starting to get some more revenue in because people are going to be more in tune to watch. People are going to be more in tune to go to the website to check the scores. Am I reading it wrong, or are you talking about making fishing no. a betting sport like they like you would? Well, you I, know, I think uh, I, I know I missed some of that because it was PP time. But so that would actually limit where they can go, right? So if if they're in, let's say uh, Missouri, and gambling's not legal, but they do a tournament there where there's actual betting put on to that tournament. But, but the betting would be done in, in Vegas in the sport books. It wouldn't be done. But, as no, what I, was saying, what I was saying is I think that the sport of bass fishing tournaments, tournament, professional tournament, high, the elite series in, in the BPT, <laughs> because yeah, the rest of the is not professional. Correct. Right. And even that, I don't, I don't even think the highest levels, mm-hmm. yes, let me say this. Here's you another hot take, and then I'm going to get into my point. If you don't make your entire living from fishing, then you're not a professional. If you still have to cut grass and sell houses and whatever else you have to do on the side to keep your hustle alive, you're not a professional angler. You are, and you're not a professional tournament angler. You are a dude who loves who who has a a a passion for high stakes tournament angling there's a difference between professional touring angler and professional angler because i would consider you a professional angling you make your living off of fishing i don't don't see i wouldn't 100 yeah i don't at all consider myself a professional angler and but there's touring anglers who are still having to work normal jobs to keep themselves afloat that has everything to do with the revenue stream within to fishing and has nothing to do i think with their skill level but everything to do with the fact that there's just not enough money in fishing anywho no what i was saying is is i would love and have i would even think have a little bit more investment Probably not for me, but I know some people would definitely have more investment into tournament angling if, like, they got on there and Mark Zona said, well, if you boys didn't know, give me a professional name, Greg Hackney. Greg Hackney has paid for all all nine of his tournaments this year, and he paid an entry fee of $5,000 per tournament. So that means that he is in forty-five grand this year 
in entry fees alone. That's not including his expenses. And so if he comes in first today, that means that he's going to win a hundred thousand dollars. And so he's going to be able to cover all his term and entry fees and then make money. Like I would love to see that aspect of it because the FLW used to do it a little bit where they'd be like, he's going to win three, you know, $300,000. Well, it's like, okay, well, how much money has he spent? Because right. like, that's the, that's the part of it to me that I think would be the coolest thing to be privy to because not, but they would never do that because then it would show that just gambling that it's, uh, <laughs> but it was showed that they make it shit. It, Again, it was showed that there's, it was showed that 5% of the, People are actually making money at the like, end. like I, I mentioned the high schooler thing, right? Like they're like now bass is pushing into like high school and college fishing, right? That have tournament fees. At no point in time does MLB go, hey, this is a really, you know, this is a really good shortstop we got coming up through the league here. Um, he's gonna go to minor leagues, he's gonna pay fifty thousand dollars to go play that hopefully can get on an MLB team. Unfortunately, with pro bass fishing, they're saying like, hey, if you want to do it, do our developmental system, which is the new, um, what is it? The Bass Open EQ, right? Elite that, qualifiers. You, all, you're, all I'm hearing right now is this is how we make money, so pay into our system so we can continue to make money. Correct. Yes. Right. And, and, and that's yeah. the sucky part. That is why, to me... And, and I don't think I've ever said this, and I, and I may have or I may not have. That's why, to me, tournament fishing is stupid. Because why in the world would I pay to have a membership to bass, to then pay a tournament entry fee to fish a tournament, to then pay another tournament entry fee to pay another to fish in another turn like like why is not just paying the entry fee enough that's why i like hobie the bos you know the hobie bos is because there's no there's no membership fee there's no anything in like membership benefits for being in the bass or being in flw or whatever it, it's it's yeah like it's not like you're receiving anything whereas like my local kayak club like i pay my dues so that mm -hmm. i can be a part of because i'm gambling because yeah, yeah. I'm gambling my $35 for my dues into when the fact AOI. that I want that little AOI. And, like, you know, it's fun to me. It's this small level. It's $35. It's not $3,500. Mm -hmm. If it was $3,500, if they come to me and they said, Alex, next year to make the stakes better, it's going to be $3,500 for our member dues, and each tournament is going to be $4,000 in entry fees. <laughs> I would say kiss my ass. I'm into making money, not spending it. I'll see Fuck you guys in hell. Like, I mean, like, Fuck just, this kayak. I'm going to drive the boat and hit every single one of you dudes down the yeah. river. Yeah, I mean, it's just like... All two of y'all that are fishing that tournament, I'm, I'm, I'm just turning, so, doing donuts around y'all. And so, like, that's to me, like, I don't, like, I think, I think it's just a whole different mental it's space. It's crazy. a whole different world that these dudes, like, you really, 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 you have to have as much passion about tournament fishing as I do about what I do to be able to gamble as much as you're going to gamble in professional fishing. And here's the deal. I'm not saying it's a bad thing. I'm just saying I think it's stupid. But I do not discount 
anything that any professional angler has ever done to get into the position that they're in because that's what they love. That's what they want to do. And you want to know what I want from them in that aspect? Every single thing that they could ever imagine. Like, I want Brandon Polinick to win the Angler of the Year every damn year. I want him to win every tournament. I want him to win the Classic because guess what? That's his dream, and I want him to be able to fulfill his dream. It's just the way that he has done it and the money that he spent to get there. Like, it's crazy to me. It's fucking nuts. It's, it's to me. But guess what? There's some dude who watches me drive down the road with my bass boat and thinks the same exact thing about me. Like, look at that dumb. I can't believe he spent all that money on that stupid boat with that big old motor on the back to go catch a fish. Honey, load up the wakeboard boat that I spent $90,000 on, but I have a ton of passion for because that's what we like to do on the weekends. Like this guy likes to go bass fishing on the weekends, but he's just in a different world than I am and lives a different life than I do. And he's still spending the same amount of money that we spend probably less because our boat takes more gas. But anyway, you know, <laughs> that's the deal. You know what I mean? Like, so, you know, we're kind of beating a dead horse here. And, I th and this is we a are. fun topic. This is a yeah. fun topic. And that's more of anything than what this conversation was. It's just a fun, debatable topic. But at the end of the day, man, it's just like, it's craziness. Like, truly craziness. And it's almost kind of sad that these dudes, these high school kids and these college kids, and then these guys that go into the opens have been set up the way that they've been. Paul, I promise, have been set up. Yeah, the yeah. Way. No, I'm it's just making sure over. fucking short Alex doesn't fuck me over and jump in front they, for ways in my they, hand. That they've set up these kids to think BASS specifically with their their dream. You know, it's big fish, big stage. Live yeah. the dream. You can do this. You can be this. You can marketing you can, machine. You can, you can be as long as you pay your BASS dues. <laughs> you're gonna have everything you've ever wanted. And no, no. You you will get a hat, a sticker, and, and a little hat, card that says hat. that you're part of the BASS. But you still have to pay the entry fees for the open. You still have to pay your gas. You still have to pay your travel. You still have to pay your expenses. And at the end of the day, it's crazy. <laughs> and so, like, I mean, like, let's just look. I mean, I want to just look at not even let's not even look at the at the the bass boat side of things. Let's just look at the Hobie Open. So there's one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten. So let's pay. Let's say that I pay for all ten of those. Okay. I mean, $2,500 just in entry. Mm. That's, you know, in a, in a plastic boat that doesn't take any gas. Okay. Let's say that it's going to take another, what would you say, Paul? $3,000 in gas to drive $4,000 in gas to drive to all those places. I, I would, I would say on the safe side, 5,000 in fuel. Okay. So $5,000. travel to. Yeah. Okay. Let's just say $5,000 in gas and travel. And let's be conservative there because I do mm. think that's a conservative number. Yeah. So $2,500. That's, that's travel. That's everything. That's, that's food, everything. meals, 5000 everything. Everything. Oh. And that's being very conservative. So then I'm in $7,500 on the year just to gamble on the fact that I might be able to win some money. And so I have to make $7,500 in tournament winnings just to make my money one back. Win. One and, win. It, 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 but it is one win. But you're competing against 250 dudes. Most of them probably on their and home. Dudettes. And dudettes. And like, hey, you still got to beat Christine. You still got to beat Bailey. I mean, dude, I'm sorry. Like, Bailey's hard to beat. I fished against him. I fished with him. The dude is hard to beat. 
you know, you know so where I, you can beat him at though uh is picking out sandwich proteins because he yeah, fucking he's sucks good. at that but like for that 7500 just for the plastic though well, you need to take that seventy-five hundred dollars and honest, honest to God, probably times it by four yeah. or five. Yeah, you then start hitting the numbers where you're talking about opens, where you're talking mm-hmm. about BFLs, where you're talking mm-hmm. about you know trying to then make it to the professional side of things. And How much then, is the winning pot in a in an open? How much is the number one? Do, I think do it's, we a know? Bass, it's a bass boat. It's not even money. Bass boat? No, it's money. So the opens. Well, so even money. how they change it. All right, so. So how is this your stats that you had that I rudely interrupted you? And y'all got to come back to me because I got something to say about what tall Alex. So, so, so just the stats wise. So the opens are going to run exactly like they did last year. Right. So we're looking at, uh, uh, you know, the the same nine events. It's uh, three divisions, uh, three events per division. But, uh, the main difference is, uh, was it the open circuit? So we're looking at eighteen hundred per event for the opens. How but, many are the nine, right? So so like now so how it used to be was that you could fish three. You could fish three events. Um, and if you were able to win your division, you could realistically move up into the elite series at that point. Because the elite series, you still have to pay entry fees. But now they've changed that. That eligibility is gone. Now, to be eligible to do the Open Series to get that invite to the Elite Series, you now have to fish all nine in all divisions. So you're fishing nine events at $1,800 a pop, which is an insane amount. And I looked at the press release uh, a couple hours ago, actually, and they literally their justification was, well, we had a lot of anglers that were going broke. <laughs> trying to go for the dream. I'm dead serious. On Bassmaster.com, the press release literally said we had people getting themselves into financial trouble trying to chase the dream. But this new way is so they realistically know what it's going to be like to get to the elites. So they're admitting that it's pay to play and you got to pay a fucking lot. And people like I'd like to have Paul, we, we should almost like at some point re-bring this up because I'm sure uh, Pangrax is going to do this. They they specifically named him in the press release. So I'd like to hear what his thoughts on this are. But um, And I'd like to be on the show when he's actually on the show. But um, like I feel like they're doubling down on like, they're like, yeah, fuck it. It's expensive to do this. That's what you got to do, though, to get greatness. And again, yeah. I'm so going to rewind it all the way place back. For it. It goes yeah. what the what the Rudd said. It's a pay to play sport, and this kind of goes back to to one thing, a point that I wanted to make earlier when I raised my hand. Hold on, real that, quick before we get to that, uh, I want to talk about how uh, this is the end of the show. No, I'm just joking, Paul. Go ahead. You better fucking not. I swear, to, I will drive <laughs> up to New Jersey tonight, and I will stomp your short ass if you do that shit. Look, um, this. So we we keep we keep going to the NFL and NBA. And major league because those are our big sports here. Those sports, the way those guys got paid, didn't always used to be like that. And matter of fact, up until like the late '80s and '90s, the NFL wasn't paid like that. Where they began to start, so the owners, the league, and the owners were the recipients of the majority of money. So 
they started creating the players' unions, the players' associations, and that gave the players the power. They they uh, there was an NFL strike, and I think in the mid '80s or late '80s, and what those players' associations did was it gave them the opportunity to say, "Hey, we ain't playing, and if we ain't on the field on Sunday, your ass ain't getting paid. There's no TV revenue. There's no, you know." Um, ticket revenue, none of that shit's there. The professional fishing anglers have tried to come together and create association a time or two, but it hasn't happened because bass, for instance, can look at them and go, well, shit, hell, if y'all 80 people don't want to fish, we got 80 sitting right back here behind us that are going to pay the same exact entry fees and are going to pay and we're going to get the same number of people viewing and watching. The anglers don't have the power to change the sport like they've had to do. And I'll take football because the most, you know, that's the one that I know the least, the most amount, but still ain't enough. <laughs> but those players' associations, you're, a they were, you're right, the least. When they when they were able to come together. Like, all right, so you take those sports. If those folks don't get out there, they can't just go pick up some other fucking players to come out there and produce an NFL football game. But you can go out there, and if 25 professional anglers saying ain't fishing with shit, there's 25 people lined up behind them that'll pay to come out there. They'll pay that entry fee to come. And Bass is like, yeah, oh, well, look, it happened with MLF. When that split happened, Bass was like, okay, fine, it don't matter. A bunch of young guys. Right, they picked up brand new ones. So it's but it's it, what it comes down to, and this is a, this is backing up a little bit. But what it comes down to, to the point that that Rub was making was, the anglers don't have the uh, the power to change any of what we're talking about. They can't because there's people lined up that can do what they do to to satisfy what the professional leagues need on their end. Whereas the NFL, if they went on strike next year, you know, before the opening game, there ain't no fucking NFL games. And don't nobody want to go watch a bunch of XFL players or college players. I saw that movie. No, I saw that movie, The Replacements. That was a good movie. (laughs) Hey, good, good, good fun side note. The quarterback that was the stunt double for Keanu Reeves graduated from my high school, Chris Robbins, and he was a walk-on at Clemson University and has been a stunt double for The Rock, Keanu Reeves, and he's done a bunch of shit, but he was the, he was the stunt double for Keanu Reeves in uh, The Replacements. Chris Robbins, Matt South Carolina, Korea. That is a Hello. fun fact, but did he play a real position or was he a second-string punter? In high school, he was a 175-pound tackle. Okay. And walked on to Clemson as a wide receiver. Oh, well, that and makes then, more sense. <laughs> and then and then went on, but the, we 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 don't this is a bass fishing. This is a fishing podcast. We don't have time to go into my high school dynamics. But I think anyway. I think I think Paul, what you just certified mm-hmm. was Alex's point, my point, and your own point. And I think we're still gonna disagree and agree and disagree to agree on semantics. But what you just said, Paul, is professional bass fishing is not a sport because it doesn't take any exceptional ability to be able to do it, just the money to get there. I disagree. I disagree. Like what no, you just said. But listen, just listen to what I'm saying. I know you disagree, and I said we were going to yeah. disagree to agree to all disagree. 
<laughs> but what I but what I just heard is that you said that at any one point everybody could walk away from bass and there's going to be 80, 150 more dudes that can step in and take their place. And nobody may know who they are, but guess what? They can still step in. They can still take their place. That satisfies. I say that from the standpoint that it satisfies, and I'm just saying bass because they're the easiest one to say bass because they're getting their cut, but the product that's being put out on TV, it ain't going to be the same. You're not It'll be the same. No, no. People no, said that. You're not no, people gonna, said you're that not when they going to, no, hold on. You're not. People going said to, that when they lost not all the big have. names to BBT or uh, yeah, BPT, right? And then they built new stars in Bass. Well, that's Bass's they all, job. That's Bass's right, job. Right. Bass's job is like the WWE and Vince McMahon. Yeah. Vince McMahon <laughs> made the WWE because he built characters yep. and i'm you sorry but bass builds characters to the point that it's almost overbearing sometimes and yep. it's not to take any way thing away from the people that the who are the people that actually mm -hmm. make up yep. personalities but like carl jockinson is a great example of somebody who actually did go through an immense amount of struggle to get where he's mm -hmm. at but they have beat that dead horse so to death that i'm tired of hearing about it and it's I, like and it's unfortunate and then, and the, yeah and then they won't pump up matt robertson who could be one of the greatest bass angling in revenue generating people ever because he relates to motherfucking real people and, and they and wanna so, <laughs> I think I think I think I think no, Rudd, I think you nailed it there actually with yeah bass fishing with, is with putting the personalities is, is on it. Yeah. Professional yeah. wrestling. Bass and, and, fishing and, is wrestling. There's it's not golf, it's not NASCAR. It's not poker. Bass fishing is wrestling. It's an entertainment. But even poker, though, had that time, and I can't remember the guys exactly, but they had that time where you had those personalities. You had the little moved, Asian uh, guy. Yeah, yeah. yeah. You had the little Asian moved. guy. And yeah. the, I mean, yeah, damn, early 2000s. Like, you had Hell these, yeah. You had yeah. Playboy. You had the badass. You had the. Listen, I got non judicial punishment uh, in the military, which is, we call it getting mastered. It's when you get in big trouble. Because I watched a bunch of that World Poker Tour bullshit and decided to gamble on a Coast Guard network uh, during a live Star Watch. Oh, jeez. Yeah. Yeah. And so, the only thing that saved me is I uh, I actually said, yeah, you know, I, I was honest about it and lie. But also they looked through and they're like, motherfucker, you lost more money than you won. Like, we're not going to get you in trouble because you suck at it. But so I saw those guys get built up of like, oh, this is grassroots guy coming from his hometown and make the big, you know. Yeah. 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 And personalities. And, 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 personalities. And that's because that's what it has to have because there are no exceptional athletic abilities. Well, I'm sorry, it's pretty, but it is. It's fucking it. boring. It's, it is. Fishing is boring. It's I've boring. said this a million times. Fishing, I am not, I'm not watching eight hours of a fucking tournament. One, I don't have a, I'm not doing it. Now, while I yeah. turn it on when I'm riding down the road, I might watch if they're at Santee or Murray or, you know, Sharon Harris or, or Jordan. Yeah, I'll probably watch as much as I can of those, but I don't give a fuck when they go to Lake Champlain and, and they're catching 30-pound bags of smallmouth. Yay, fun. I mean, that's cool. I, and yep. Yeah, that's awesome, but I'm not going to sit there and watch a second. What I was about to say is, is they have to have personalities because there's no exceptional yeah. athletic ability, and it's way too – Boring, boring. And, and it's just it's like 
that's why that's why I say if they would they're gonna have to bring into a, a gambling aspect, a personality yes. aspect, some yep. other thing to make it worth my time because that's why me as a kid I didn't care about and I still don't care about professional fishing is because it's boring to me. Like it is, I, I say this all the time and I've said this before on podcasts, like people are like, so, so is it KVD or Gerald Swindle? Who's your role model in fishing? I'm like, none of those people. I was like, Steve Irwin was my role model when I was a kid. Like I wanted to be like Steve Irwin. I wanted to go and adventure and catch things and dig through creeks and go adventure up into the mountains and look for little critters and things like that. And, and all bass fishing did was itch that exploration itch and that like catching itch and that interaction with nature itch that I love so much. And so that's why I love it as much as I do. But like professional fishing never did it for me because like, you know, my dad would turn it on TV on Sunday mornings and it's like, is he going to catch one? <laughs> When's he going to catch one? Oh, is he going to catch one? Yes. Dad, is he going to catch one? And then, he, and then he set the hook. Oh, he missed it. All right, Dad. Well, I'm gonna go watch Pokemon and dig in my ass. I'll stop killing you. Ten years old. Ten years old. Like, yeah. like, just never captured me that way. You know what I mean? And it's like the only time that I felt captured into the whole experience is when I went to a weigh-in, and then went to I went to a weigh-in. Even then, like. When we went to the way and they played a music video and then someone come out and talked and then they handed out T-shirts and then they did. And it was and it was drawn out and it was too long. And it was like like a, 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 a great example. Jason Christie won the classic last year. I did not watch a single minute of the live coverage for fishing. I turned on the way in when I left Greenville, South Carolina. Jason Christie weighed his fish in and won the Bassmaster Classic when I pulled into my driveway in Knoxville, Tennessee. <laughs> that's how that long. Spartanburg, South Carolina. That's yeah, how, forever. That's how yeah. long the weigh-in took. Okay, I sat down and watched the national championship the other night with my friends. We ate hamburgers. We, we laughed. We jockeyed around. We played with their little girl we just like hold on you jockeyed okay. around what does that mean like, I don't hey, know. Hey, guys small hey, horses hey, Rudd, so let me ask you this rud <laughs> tennis well let's not use tennis golf is a boring ass sport golf and fishing are just as boring <laughs> i said the other day people, i there said are people the, that will sit down and watch every fucking second of a i golf said the other day why Wow. There was there was an ad for the Masters, and I said I, t I I was laying on the couch and I said this to my wife Bethany. I said, "Ooh, the Masters." She goes, "What the fuck?" I said, <laughs> "There's nothing like a nap, like the Masters nap." And I was like, that was my exact thing. Because like, there is nothing better than when the Masters comes on. It's a beautiful spring day outside. Bluebirds, you've got all the windows open. There's like a little cool breeze blowing in. And you went and cracked 20 pounds on a jig that morning because they're spawning on a, you know, spawning. And then you come back and you lay down on the couch and you just lay there while the Masters plays in the background. Answer my okay. question. Why will people watch every second of a boring-ass golf tournament? They don't. not. They don't. They. They. they no. No. no he, he just answered. It. No. No. But, no, they, do. no, but they do. They have. There are people. It. It shows it in in their TV revenue because because millions watch because well number one they inflate those numbers and a lot of that is lies number two 
there are people you got to realize how obsessive some people are over things. So we're three grown ass individuals who don't invest a lot into professional fishing. Guys, you got to go to a Bassmaster Classic and see how some other grown men oogle and awe and fanboy over some of these guys who have stickers on their shirts. And, you know, rightfully so. I mean, if you see Gerald Swindle, he's a cool dude. And like, you know, but for me, it doesn't do like there's only like a few key people in the world that I would like fanboy over. Dave Grohl is one of them. You know what I mean? Like, you know, and so it's like if I saw that or if I saw, you know, Michael Jordan, I mean, like, you know, but like, like, but like, there's a, there are people, man, that like, and I'm surrounded by them here. I'm surrounded by the tournament culture. And and I would implore you guys to come to the classic in Knoxville. Paul, you've been to a classic, so you've seen it, but especially yeah, the I'm classic. In Good. The, the classic in Knoxville will bring out every single one of the bullet driving rednecks who fish every single tournament that they can pay money to get into and they're over in there i mean that guy dude did you see rolling martin standing over at the bash tank man i got hit my picture with him and shook his hand and he said i smell good and it's just like, <laughs> it's, like it's like it's like <laughs> Hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. I got one for that. Hold on. I think this is it. Uh, Tell me what uh, this is. Those are that's chickens and lambs. Yes! Yeah, chickens and lambs. Yes. Wee! But, Wee! But like, but but that being said, Paul, I think that it's a very, 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 very small group of people who actually will sit down and watch all of the masters. Mm-hmm. Or uh, all, all of like, but it's, it's significantly more than people who will sit down and watch bass fishing. Yes, and that, and that is simply due to the fact that bass fishing is a bass fishing is a niche. Tournament bass fishing is a niche inside within of a, a niche. niche within a professional niche, within bass a fishing is a niche inside of a niche inside of a niche. High level tournament bass fishing coverage is a niche inside of a niche inside of a niche inside of a niche. The guy who will sit down and watch eight hours straight of coverage for Bassmaster professional tournament fishing is a niche inside of a niche inside of a niche inside of a niche. And so, but whereas golf, like I know, I mean, guys I went to high school with, there's whole groups of guys who I went to high school with that play golf every single weekend. And but and they don't and they fish recreationally like they're like oh man you get to fish for a living that's cool you want to take me fishing sometime and they get they get their their ugly stick out that they get out once every six months and they go fishing and so what we have to realize is that we as a group of guys sitting here and a lot of the people that we associate with and a lot of the people i associate myself with are hyper fixated on bass fishing and hyper fixated on on fishing as a whole where we sit and we have podcasts about it. And the people who listen to these podcasts two hours in hour and 53 minutes in they they love what we do here, which is bass fishing. And they may also love the tournament aspect of it, of tournament bass fishing. And like, we are a very, very small group of people relative to the amount of people who play golf. That's, mm-hmm. That's a reason that there's 14 golf courses in Knoxville and every single weekend they're booked completely out as, as packed as you can get them. And, and yeah, you could say, well, all the boat ramps are too, but I can promise you if we lined all the golfers up, if I like, there's if I way like, more and they're making way more. And like, so what you're saying is, is so what you're saying is the accessibility for someone to go out and play golf 
is higher than the accessibility for someone to be able to go out on a boat. Let's throw bank anglers out. The accessibility for somebody to go out on a boat and fish like a professional angler is way less than the accessibility of someone to go out and play golf. The ex- not only is it the accessibility, it's the appeal, it's the prestige, it's the, the money. It's the money, it's $300 the- in golf clubs and $20 in balls, and you can go play golf Saturday, Sunday, every day, or every damn week out of the year. And bass fishing to and, do that is going to cost you fucking $300,000 if you buy a bass boat. Yeah. And here's the deal is I live in a part of the country where it is literally the hub of mm-hmm. bass fishing. Mm-hmm. In terms of bass fishing. You get a mm-hmm. paycheck, you get a pulse, everybody's got a boat around here. So I live in an exceptional place for bass fishing. But if I go to the middle of Georgia, where there may not be as many lakes, where there may not be as much accessibility to water, but there mm-hmm. are really nice golf courses in the middle of flat Everywhere. Georgia. They're everywhere. Yep. Those dudes, yep. I mean, Augusta, <laughs> you know, I mean, you're not going to play Augusta, but still, you got Augusta, you know, they, they get <laughs> um, in like, you can look yeah. at it through the fence. Yeah. And another thing, too, is like, you know, if I live in those places, well, then like, you know, I the things that I can do are things that are, you know, you do what your friends do and you do what you surround yourself with what other people do. And so like, if you're, there's a, there's just a lot more chance that your buddy's into golf than he is into fishing because people view Less boring to play than it is to go fish. You go fish eight hours a day, not get a fucking bite. And your friend that wanted to go fishing because you were semi pro and see all your YouTube videos and you take them out there and you don't even get a bite for eight hours. They're like, fuck this shit. I ain't ever going fishing again. They can go out there and every hole, they're going to get the the hit a ball. And and here's what it comes back to. Times. Here we're about to circle this bitch all the way back. <laughs> all right. Hey, I know well, what I'm doing. Little Alex, little here. Alex, little Alex has empowered me to know what I'm doing. So you circle us around. What I said at the beginning was that fishing was something that we turned into a game. Yep, it was a way to provide food your family you know ten thousand years ago we fished to survive and then we turned it into a game golf was specifically designed to be a game to be played and so people i would say a majority a mass majority of people don't realize that there's a gamified option to fishing mm-hmm. they still view fishing as an outdoor recreation and a way to get outdoors and to interact with nature and to catch food and to eat it. Every single person that I worked with at both schools that I were all three schools that I worked at when I was still a teacher, when I told them that I was quitting my job to become a fisherman, <laughs> they asked, so do you eat them? And that's because <laughs> that's, that's every single yeah, person. Every and time. So I let them go. I was in a building with, you know, what do we have? 35, 40 employees. I was the only person in that building that understood what tournament bass fishing was. Yeah. Everybody else's view of fishing was this is a thing that you go do to catch them and to eat them. And, or you go do it once every, you, you only do it in May, June, and July when we got the float boat out and the kids want to catch some bluegills. Mm-hmm. And so, the thing with golf is golf is recognized 
as like you line a hundred people up and you say, do you know Tiger Woods? I can almost guarantee that 98 of those people are going to go, I know exactly who Tiger Woods is, if not wall 100 of them. If I line a hundred people up. He know who KBD is. I line a hundred up and I say, do you know who Kevin Van Dam is? I might have one. Yeah, I would say one. I live in an exceptional place here, again, right. where, you know, but for the most part, like I told the, the the ladies that I worked with and my principal when I still worked at the school, I'm going to fish with Jimmy Houston because I was Ooh. still an educator at that time. They had no what idea who that was. That? Yeah. And, and, and the only person that crazy. know, the only personality that they know in fishing is Bill Dance. And the only, I'm the only recognizable thing that they can attach themselves to with bill dance is he's that guy who made those blooper reels where he runs into the hornet's nest in the tennessee hat in the tennessee hat that's the only they don't connect him to the fact that he is a legendary tournament angler who had a massive amount of success helping to literally start the game of professional bass fishing and And roland martin is the most dominant bass angler to have ever fished not the winningest but the most dominant but but you want to know something? There's 300 million Americans. Okay? 300 million Americans. There might be. There might be a million people who care enough about tournament bass fishing. M- might be 100 who care enough about tournament bass fishing to know who Roland Martin is. Yeah. And I would say the number is actually the, less than that. I would say the that it's maybe... 750,000. The apex of fishing, the apex of fishing happened in the early to mid 90s. That was the apex of fishing. That's when you had a professional fishing, a true growth. No, of fishing in general, look, professional, a growth in the sport. If you listen to any Ken Wood stuff on, um, or excuse me, Ken Duke stuff when he's on uh, Bass Talk Live. He talks about there hasn't been a growth in fishing since I think it's the late 90s is when there was a growth in fishing. And the only way they can track that is through licenses. The Mecca of fishing was in that, let's just say the 90s. And, and that's 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 when what happened in the 90s. ESPN took fishing for three or four years or however long it was. Fishing is not, people talk about growing the sport. Oh my God, there's too many people. What we're seeing is, and I, I can't remember who on TikTok I've, uh, or Instagram I've commented on their post. They talk about growing the sport of fishing. It's like the sport of fishing ain't growing. The what's growing right now is kayak fishing, and that mm-hmm. is a niche within the boater fishing side. Kayak fishing is taking people off of the bank because they can go buy a two hundred dollar sun dolphin, and now instead of fishing on the bank, they're putting that in and they're fishing on the water. They're a boat on the water. What's growing and fishing right now is the amount of people who are actually on the water fishing. The sport ain't growing, but the amount of people coming off the bank onto the water, the amount of floating devices on the water is growing, which makes it seem like the sport's growing because there's a lot more people fishing the shit that you never had to fight people fishing, which is mostly the bank, right? So it's the, it, it comes down to me that our sport, the sport isn't growing. I mean, we could take out the COVID stuff because that's the only thing people had to do for two years. Okay, but, so here, I'm, I'm going to throw a little statistic on you here. 
I just typed in how many tournament bass fishermen are there? BASS is a tournament and membership organization serving 515,000 members. Okay, half a mil. Okay. I would say my number's about right. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, I would say yeah. my number's close. Like, and, and I think, and I think, I think this is a whole nother, another conversation for another time, but another time. Shit, this bass and bruise, we go three, four hours. No, we're 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 getting there. We're we're getting to closing ceremonies there, Paul. I'm I'm a, I'm a little tired to be honest with you. I'm um, with you too. We we beat the dead horse to death. This was a great Just, conversation. We and have it, buried that bitch and yeah. cut it half and we even ate part of it. I'm yeah, no no, I, I mean we ate all of it. I, I think it was good. What she said. I think but, uh, yeah. Oh my god. I think universally everybody hates the soundboard. I think at, at that's what I think about your comment, little Alex. You waited till Rudd was going to talk. That was very nice of our guest, or very nice of you. Oh, to I, I expected at this point. Um, <laughs> I think what we're dealing with here again is that. 90% of people who bass fish, specifically bass fish. I looked up another statistic. It said 30 million people say that they fish for bass. Okay, well, saying that you fish for bass is a lot different than being a bass fisherman. Yeah, <laughs> 100%. Yep. Um, and having an obsession with bass fishing. Yep. Right. Um, but I, I, think, I think what's fascinating about this conversation is that we focus on... 150 to 250 dudes who do it Mm. on a level that no one else is doing it on because it's the only thing that they, we could focus on for years and years and years because it was the only thing, the only type of media being produced around the thing that we love so much. Mm -hmm. There's only people to look up to. It's not only to look up to, but just to look at, you know, outside of idolize. they, yeah, they were only people analyzed because they were the ones. No, I, th- I think what Rudd's saying, it was the only media out there. The only and thing they were pushing out Will was Dance tournament stuff. Yeah. And Roland Martin and Hank Parker and Jimmy yeah. Houston. Fish, fish. And then Zona. And then, you know, Dave Mercer had his show. And then Ike had his show. I mean, like, you're talking about all together there, like maybe six TV shows about bass fishing and two tournament organizations to watch on TV. Yep. Yep, and it, we had such a boom in the 90s because everybody was still looking at TV. Yep. But now that, 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 and so like all these people would look at these guys, but at the end of the day, they still just loved going out with their son or their grandfather or their dad or their brother yep. or their sister or their nephews or whoever it was. And they just loved fishing. And they only looked at that because that was the only thing that we had to look at that we associated with this thing that we love so much. Now with the growth of YouTube and podcast and TikTok and Instagram and all these different ways that we can now consume fishing media and that the world seems to get a little bit smaller every day because you can access everything from red fishing to sailfish and to bass fishing. Mm-hmm. People like me have found their home because I never looked at tournament fishing and wanted to do it. I wanted to be like Steve Irwin. And so now I get to make my own thing sure. in this world that we're in and, and do my own thing. And I don't have to care about tournament bass fishing anymore. 
And so what we've done here is if is we've come to this this point in it's um what did what did uh it's it's whatever Kang the Conqueror said when 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 the the thing broke and the multiverse opened up. He said it's like the precipice. We've come to the precipice of this. I week. think you said. I think you said. Who do who? Who do you? Um, <laughs> he said. He said. Oh shit. We're about to hey. make some more movies. Um, but anyway, because I'm about to be the main villain in this bitch. Um, <laughs> but anyway, but we've I've got to, something to add on when you're done with this. Okay, real quick, we've, we've come to we've come to the precipice. We've come to the turning point in everything that we've got going on here. That the professional bass fishing no longer has to be the pinnacle mm-hmm. or the thing that people look to. And so now that people don't have to look to it anymore. You got guys who are setting back and, and analyzing it probably way too damn much because we've got way too much time on our hands and starting to realize just how weird and obscure a thing that it actually is. And then even me, I can admit how weird and obscure of a thing that even I am and even bass fishing is and even fishing is. And I think when it all comes down to it is it is who cares what a professional is? Who cares if it's gambling or not? Who cares what it is really right it's still just fishing and i think fishing is the thing that we all just want to look at and it's just that some people want to look at professional bass fishing because that's all they've ever known there's a generation of kids who just look at youtubers because that's all they've ever known and unfortunately there's a dying generation of people who look at guys like jimmy Houston and hank parker and bill dance because that's all they've ever known mm-hmm. it's a looking into the future I don't know what happens from here because there's still a group of guys who grew up that want to be the very best like no one ever was and and go bass fishing and tournament bass fishing. And, but there's a whole nother group of dudes, these counterculture guys, these guys like me, guys like you guys that are, are coming up in this like whole other thing over here that we're going to do something different. You know, hold on. Did just Rudd, did, did Rudd just put us in the same category as him? Absolutely. Because because at the end of the He's day, being I, mean, nice. I mean, at the end of the day, you guys, you guys have created this, like, like this podcast and this thing where we can have this conversation 10 years ago, this would have never happened because the ability wasn't there. And now there's dudes who are going to listen to this, agree, disagree, whatever. And they're going to have consumed a media source around bass fishing that, I mean, it's literally called bass and bruise. Yeah, they've consumed a media source around bass fishing specifically that had never existed before. And so I think that's why we're having these conversations. Mm -hmm. It's weird. Yeah. Yeah. I I think so. I'll I'll be quick. on. I got to go to bed because I'm tired. Yeah. 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 Quick with it, Paul. We got to end this. So, So we, we need to have another episode to talk about the professional side of angling that isn't sure. the professional touring guys, the YouTube sure. guys, because that's a whole different other side. The second thing is we got to have an episode with professional saltwater anglers because we talk about the $100,000 payouts these bass guys are getting. Yeah, they're a lot bigger. Go fish saltwater where they're getting millions, mm-hmm. millions of dollars. And the other part of this is, is Rudd, we talk about the bill dances and all that you and there are other people on the YouTube side that have taken over that TV side where people can idolize. And I know you won't like that term, but that's the best way I can describe it. 
people look up to you, they idolize you, they looked at you in the same light that they would that we did the Bill dances and the mm-hmm. Roller Martins and the I'll, fishing I'll shows that we had. I had so a, I had a that, parent. This that's where we are. So we have to have a second episode to talk about mm-hmm. the social media side of professional anglers because there are social media people who are professional anglers. So but it comes back to the idolization and putting people on that pedestal. I will I will leave you with this. It was one of the most impactful things that was ever said to me and was it was it made me have like a pit in my stomach. There was a a son, a, a dad and his son were watching me fish with Jimmy Houston. Mm-hmm. And the dad said, I was sitting there thinking, Man, it's really cool that Alex is getting to fish with Jimmy Houston. And his son said, Man, it's so cool that Jimmy's getting to fish with Alex. Yeah. And it was at that moment that I realized, like, it doesn't matter what I do from here on out. I, I'm part of the change. Like, yep. I'm part of the ship turning. And so I need to embrace it. I need to go with it. And that's why we're having this conversation is because okay. we're in a weird place. It's weird. Like, this mm-hmm. is weird. My job's weird. I, I love my job, but it is weird that I get to sit here and talk to you guys for two hours about this. You know what I mean? And we can have this conversation. So – I love you, boys. I'm going to bed. Thank you, buddy. See y'all later. Hey, 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 little Alex, what do you have for us? What do you mean? 